Hey there, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to episode 24 of the Absent Minded Podcast on this super chilly November 12th, 2019. It, it, it's it's winter now. I, I know technically it's not winter, but it's winter. As no, far it's, as it's, jacket it's weather. November, so technically it is winter. I thought winter started in December and goes to February. No, I think Ethan's November's right. fall, right? I mean, it's kind of that cutoff. I don't know. It's mixed. What day does winter begin, Google? Let's see. <laughs> yeah, when is the first day of winter? The first day of winter is Saturday, December 21st. Oh, fuck. And it ends March 19th, 2020. Not for us, it doesn't. Winter 2019 <laughs> in the Northern Hemisphere. It's We're not in the Northern All Hemisphere. All dates are in Central Time. Where the fuck do you think we are, Ethan? The Western Hemisphere. Ethan? Hemispheres. <laughs> Am I wrong? It's no. a hemi. We're in the Western Hemisphere. Are you fucking serious Are with you me right now? Look stuff right <laughs> yeah, I am. To you? Yeah, I am. This is this is probably one of our best intros ever. I think. Hemispheres of the Earth on Wikipedia. There are two hemispheres depending on if you are speaking north, south, or east, west. Yeah. The northern hemisphere, the half that lies north of the equator, mm-hmm. which we are. The yeah. southern hemisphere is the half that lies south of the equator, mm-hmm. which we are not. Sure. So and we are what in about the east northern hemisphere. East to west is the half that lies east of the prime meridian, which and is west of the 180th meridian, which basically runs down through the coast of uh, Africa. So we're in both of those. But you said we're not in the northern hemisphere, but which I also is said we're in the western hemisphere. So kind of correct. Yeah, but you said not for us. And that's why I mentioned that this says the northern hemisphere. And I you feel took like umbrage. we're like 60, 40 here and you're just being difficult. But we're in the I mean, it's. It, we're in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, that's but, all I said. But we're also in the West. And that's the times that we had for the, I'm not, the beginning of the Can we start over? This is dumb. This is dumb because this. you made it dumb. No, you <laughs> made it. Never they want teach all you facts. in school that we're in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, we, we are. Through. Yeah. And we're also in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, my God. The Hemisphere is two halves. It's four halves. They're not quadrants. quarters. That's, that's a quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> it is a quadrant because it's an X. See, the longer we let One, you talk, two, three, four. the better it makes the rest of us look. He already said what it was. It's four. You said there's a north, south, east, and west. That's because it's an X in the middle. One, two, three, four. No, there's a north dash south split. Yeah. A hemisphere is and two also parts. also two sides. Yes. You said that because but it's on the left. we're in the northern and- hemisphere, <sighs> which is what I was getting from Google of when the winter starts for us. <laughs> because winter does not change depending on your east or western hemisphere. It changes whether you're in the northern or southern hemisphere. I guess. Yeah. That's why okay. right now it's going to be, follow me here, uh-huh. summertime in Australia. Yes. Because they're in the southern hemisphere. But also. But even though they're uh, in the eastern hemisphere, just like jolly old England is, it's not suddenly summer in England. No. It's winter. But uh, So in the determination of your time uh, or of your seasons, northern or southern you know is I'm what right. matters. And that's the worst part of it. No one said we were in the Western Hemisphere, but we were talking about when winter starts. Yeah, you're right. And does that have any determination on what hemisphere you're in between Apparently Eastern or West? Apparently not. Apparently not. You're correct. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to hear more scientific explanations yeah, of more, how weather more gems and the like seasons that. work. <laughs> and you can also like, subscribe, and share the podcast on your platforms of choice if you have other friends that also want to know whether we're in the Northern or the Western Hemisphere, or maybe even both simultaneously. And leaving reviews on iTunes is also incredibly helpful. That gets us in the ears of more people, fights the evil algorithm, 
Eventually, we're going to topple that algorithm. We're going to beat it. That's our boss. Can and, you leave uh, comments like on Spotify? It's like our, our Dark Souls boss. boss. Yeah. Can you leave uh, comments? I think Spotify has reviews. Hmm. You can like and you sub- you can subscribe, but you can't review. Hmm. Spotify wants to keep the people down. That's what they're doing. I don't have Spotify anymore, technically. <laughs> you can also head over to AbsentMindPodcast.com where you can always find the latest episodes of the main show and AbsentMinded Watches, which uh, our next yeah, episode should be going up on uh, the Tuesday after you hear this. We just watched Resident Evil Apocalypse before recording while eating some delicious chicken wings. Chicken wings. Repping that bravado Spice. hot sauce. Yep. Oh God, it was it's so, so good. good. Gotta watch the so beginning of that good. again. So, which one would you say is your favorite? I still, uh, mm, uh, I say the crimson, just because it's more like a traditional hot sauce. Yeah, I really like the crimson as well. But I, for as spicy as the ghost pepper and blueberry one was, I, I, I liked it. I'm telling you, just the next time you make pork, that's yeah. what you need to put. Yeah, you need you to put, put some definitely pork in. put some yeah. pork in a bag, fill that shit up with that sauce, just or maybe leave it in the fridge overnight. It's too expensive to marinate with it. I think. Maybe I can convince. Nah. Yeah. Maybe next Sunday I can convince Chris to cook al pastor and I'll no, bring it over. No, because of how how like uh, well, and the pineapple and jalapeno uh, hot sauce would go on on that too. Oh yeah. I think with how yeah. concentrated and how much like red wine vinegar is in there, it would actually not take that much. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just thinking how big a loin would be. I don't know. Well, I still say it's better. It's like do, a, you could do like a or pork glaze chops. it at the end. Yeah, or you could something. do like oh, glaze yeah. pork chops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Besides chicken wings, besides <laughs> and, cooking uh, recipes, Resident Evil Apocalypse. What have we had? Uh, well, I know what we've had going on this week. I know Ethan wanted what? to talk about this. He wanted to remind us to make sure that we knew we remembered to talk about this. Disney Plus hit. Oh man! At exactly midnight o'clock. Yeah, it was early today because the the counter clock told me. I mean, unless my math was wrong, but it was no even like because it was nine hours at like seven or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, because I went to DisneyPlus.com where they had the mm-hmm. countdown timer. Yeah. And by the time it was like three hours left on that, they had transitioned over to like, because now you can watch it in the browser the same way if you went to like oh. Netflix.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole front page has changed. So I was like, ah, that countdown was bullshit. They, just, <laughs> they were just like hoping a few people would like look just at that go once, to bed, set their calendar and forget it yeah. so they had a less stress that night. Me, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because even though Ethan and I looked into it and we were like, everyone's saying 5 a.m. Everyone's saying 5 a.m. And yeah, I was, it was like three, yeah. four and five is what we we're. Yeah, getting, maybe yeah. that's what everyone's saying. I'm still going to refresh the subreddit a lot. And <laughs> yeah. then sure enough, yeah, come midnight rolls around a little bit, few minutes beforehand. iOS app is out. Android app is out. I'm like following the Twitter trends uh-huh. and shit. Like, I'm getting this shit now. Oh, yeah. I actually because I downloaded on my Xbox started the Mandalorian there and then my LG app went live. So I paused it, installed that, switched over. Fuck, the Mandalorian was so good. Yeah. I don't know if we should spoil too much of it, but general, I guess we'll just say general thoughts. We'll yeah, it's only talk, one episode. I'm sure yeah, we'll talk about once the full season comes out, because we got eight weeks. There's not much weeks. besides speculation at this point. Right? Yeah, it was really good. I I really, I know there's some people that were like, oh, it didn't really make its tone clear throughout or whatever, but I enjoy what we saw. It's I kind of 36 minutes. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always so much yeah. time of the day. Yeah. It's not a two hour movie. I mean, Taika Waititi spinning robot. Kill Kill Machine was I fucking dope. That whole scene was really cool, yep. and yeah. I I think that probably did the best that we've seen outside of maybe some parts of like Rogue One, I think, and then The Force Awakens, but less of the Last Jedi. But the action mixed with like the comedy, like that really reminded me of like Luke and Han and the stormtroopers in or suits on the Death Star yeah. trying to find Leia, like <laughs> uh, we're quipping with each you? other yeah. and like shooting and shit. I really enjoyed that whole set piece that they had with that. And yeah. Especially in something that up until that point, you kind of weren't, you couldn't tell how serious this is going to be throughout. 
Because there's scenes in like a cantina and like uh, yeah, the first ten minutes are very serious. Yeah, some of the underground stuff. Where, yeah, your main character doesn't even fucking talk. Yeah, he just walks around <laughs> with that fucking mask on. It's mm-hmm. like you can tell he's scowling. Yeah, yeah does he take that off when he fucks? I don't know. Don't know, man. I bet he's full suited. I, I bet. bet he, yeah, I bet he's full suited. He just whips his dick out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe as he gets hard, like that section, it just it's more it, it lifts up, <laughs> yeah, like a, like, a, like a trap door. It's a lot more flexible <laughs> in that little pocket than it looks. Yeah, it's like space space pocket. Beskar stealing my pants. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian was like awesome. It was dope. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Can't wait for more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I guess that's coming out week to week. I and assume the same day that it launched. So I don't know. every once every Tuesday, maybe. I think Hopefully. maybe it I mean, we'll says see. on the front page of the Mandalorian when the next episode might be. Does it? it I might. think maybe. But yeah. um. This gives me good insight, and and I think it it shows well for the future of what their show like levels will be. The production values yeah, are incredibly it's, high. It's yeah, it's like a ridiculous. It looks like a Star Wars. Yeah, movie. it was like a forty minute Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah which is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, which makes sense. I mean, that's what they had to do for something like this because you can't transition a a franchise like Star Wars to down. TV and yeah, yeah. It, this would never have made it to network television because no one's got the but like an HBO maybe could have done it. But sure, there's still parts of even stuff like uh, Watchmen and his Dark Materials where I'm like, ah, oh, you could still kind of see that it's like. CGI, like TV level CGI, yeah. especially like certain segments of even like Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, here's the budget that they, they were able to cut back on this episode so that this episode looked really good. Yeah, but for the most part for this one, I was I think I read that they were still trying to stick to as much practical effects as yeah, and as you, they can. you can see that for <laughs> yeah. sure. They definitely dusted off some old uh, props the same way yeah. they did with the La- Force Awakens but- where that whole opening town looks very much like the main city on Tatooine with all the houses and some of the shots and the way even like some of the automatic doors open Mm -hmm. up. And of course there's that that part with the security camera that comes out and identifies our main character. It's like straight out of the return of the Jedi. Yeah, Like it, it feels like it's only been about five years since that movie happened in the time. You've got like the, what was the little creature that was sitting around Jabba? Yeah. You see see him on like a rotisserie rack. Yeah. 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 Those, I mean, those were puppets. Those weren't like, that wasn't CGI. So, so yeah, definitely looking good. Uh, High hopes for the yep. future. Yeah, I, I feel very good about the rest of that season. And I think I saw an interview with Bob Iger the other day where he's like, we've already got like two other shows kind of like in the works. Like it's not like they yeah. didn't say like they're coming soon or anything like that, but they're in development. They definitely have to keep ahead of the game by like jumping, you know, onto the next thing before they finish something. Else. Yeah. yeah, I think we've seen already that maybe they need more time to cook the actual theatrical trilogies, which means that maybe some of these more exploratory ideas they can save for the TV side. And even then, like if the last Jedi had come out and it was just like a mini series of like six episodes of like something a little different, I think maybe we would have handled it a bit better than it being like, I'd watch that. Here's episode eight. Like, let's go. Yeah. So I, Mm -hmm. I think it it definitely gives them a lot of room to experiment and everything. And I've always liked the idea of a live action show just because it's, I've always found it hard to get into stuff like the Clone Wars and Rebels. Rebels yeah, I was never into those yeah, either. The, the writing's good for those. It really is, but it is hard to like connect with some of the characters when they're kind of cartoony. Yeah. 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 But no blood. Plenty of other stuff on <laughs> like Disney Plus. Like Ahsoka's not going to cut someone's arm off. What else did uh, did y'all happen to watch any of the other originals? I already no. lined up some. I really want to watch that Gordon Ramsay series. And I have oh a, yeah, Uncharted, Gordon Ramsay, the no. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, the Jeff yeah, Goldblum one just seems silly. There's honestly first just, episodes about shoes, I think, or something <laughs> like that. There's just so much content on Disney Plus comparatively to other things. It's many people just don't know where to start. Even like it's started the Mandalorian. It's so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like I mean, it did have a rocky start this morning, and probably a little bit last night too. Probably a lot last night, but. For the most part, 
You know, it's it gotten I was their surprised stride at how now. Zero issues I had. Like, yeah, I installed this fucking thing on my phone, both my consoles and my TV. Logged in each time, no yeah. lag. The only thing that didn't work was that um, I only saw this option on the Xbox version. But when you open it up and it it has a screen like sign up or log in, mm-hmm. when you hover over the log in button on the Xbox copy, it has this little text pop up that says. Or you can like log in by just opening the app on your phone, and then it'll just like detect that it's sure. open on your Wi Fi. Huh. I didn't see that, that whenever I was doing like it. Like a Spotify, yeah, yeah. it works the same way on like PS4. That feature doesn't seem to actually exist right now. Like from, <laughs> I tried a bunch of times. I tried force resetting it and like restarting the phone. You don't need it, but I, that sure. was literally the only thing where it's like out of what I'm looking at and advertised features and what's here didn't work. I did read some stuff about people saying that certain TV shows like. Clearly, there's some database issues where episodes are out of order. Yeah, like with someone say like, like putting up there, it's a little. Yeah. yeah, someone said like, I think that one of the examples was like they were trying to watch Phineas and Ferb, and the first episode of the show was not what it was supposed right. to be. And there's even some things like there's an episode of The Simpsons that's just not on the platform because it's it's one that from early on. I think season three's premiere with, that had like Michael Jackson in it or something. Are you fucking kidding me? That's not on there right now. That has the Lisa birthday song that I fucking love. <laughs> that's one of the only early episodes of Simpsons I actually really, really like to rewatch. Yeah, apparently that's, that's really disappointing. That's not did, there. Do you I think, um, can't believe that I didn't notice that this morning. I think the episode is called Stark Raving Homer. Or yeah, apparently something. It's, it's the season three premiere, yes, so it's yeah. supposed to be episode. And yeah, one it has of like a, a fake Michael Jackson character and. It, it was. It's really a good episode. Is it, yeah. is it just not on there because it, they messed up, or we is it know. because it, of the whole? It could just be a a Disney flex where it's like, oh, you know, we don't find that episode appropriate or whatever. It's right. a really good episode though. That's fucked up because yeah. it's not even like Michael Jackson. It's like somebody. It's a crazy guy. Well, who yeah, thinks yeah, yeah. he's Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so who knows? That's disappointing uh, for me. Personally. I don't know if it's censorship or if <laughs> it's just a rights I'm a issue. Hurt. Yeah. Who knows if there was maybe some weird thing where they had like a deal where like Michael Jackson's camp cleared that back in the day and that like deal now was okay with like, Fox. Oh no no no. But the, now that's transferred to Disney, like maybe the terms aren't yeah, there cause still. Because the, that episode was definitely on the FX, like the TV from Xfinity that I that was. My oh, mom's. like they're they're uh, yeah, and on the, demand. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely have watched that episode like within the last two months. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I did see too that like hmm. apparently none of the commentaries carried over. That that was a big deal with the oh. the actual FX app was that they had comment the dvd yeah. commentaries for each episode was a special feature on yeah, here they have a lot of interviews with like matt groaning and stuff like that and yeah like, damn apparently oh. those aren't on there right now but there's a lot of other stuff too where i was telling you earlier like there's new deleted scenes for avengers in game that you can find seasons. under Give the special features exactly <laughs> yeah these are one of those things if these are the issues you're seeing with like day one stuff like he said, luckily, I didn't have connection issues, but I apparently there are people that are just yeah, I never, going to play things. I was able to log in and watch The Mandalorian within like two minutes. Yeah, I had know. zero issue. I, yeah. I watched it last night. I was having my drinks and watching The Mandalorian. I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching fucking new Star Wars at home on yeah. my TV. No, the only issue I had was you uh, said Endgame didn't work for you. Yes. Like it, it, but then again, this was the at like screen. this was at eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning. I had just finished The Mandalorian, actually. And I tried to watch this, and I think that's just kind of when everybody woke up and was trying to get on for yeah. the first time. So I gave it like literally 20 minutes, went back, it was fine. Everything started working after mm. that. So they were quick to jump on everything. Um, I Twitter was pissed off. So the internet well, outrage I will mean, happen. Nostalgia <laughs> Twitter, is if, important. If, if something doesn't work, they're going <laughs> to yeah. bitch about it. You know? Yeah, so, for sure. But there was a subreddit. I looked, you know, I was looking on that to see if everybody else was having the problem. Dude, I was F5 in that shit all last night to be like, <laughs> when's the Samsung yeah. app up? I'm going to let Ethan know. Here's yeah. how you get to it. And oh, someone just said my LG app is live. I can get yeah, in and, there. And, and the and TV app for me wasn't on there last night when yours went live, but I got it this morning. So, Do you know if the LG app uh, supports like Dolby Atmos like the Xbox does? 
so there's some weird bugs with all that stuff too right now where I, I some of the ones that are saying they're Atmos aren't playing in Atmos. I don't know, like I off the top of my head, if any of that's working. That was a lot of the concerns was like 5.1 Atmos. Mm. Some of the, the just the higher quality sound platforms weren't working. But again, that was this morning. Everything could be fine. Like it's at true. this moment, really. We can yeah, end like, the yeah. podcast and go check yeah. afterwards. I know, like, because I was telling you all that, like, on PlayStation 4's app, HDR is not working for That's some right. reason. Yeah. Even though it, it has the same capabilities for the most part as the Xbox One X mm-hmm. would have. So it should feasibly work. When I was watching The Mandalorian last night, which I don't know if that one's Atmos, but I have to assume it, it is. is. My TV, normally, if I watch something on Netflix that's Dolby Atmos, it pops up in the corner just like it says, oh, here's Dolby Vision or yeah. whatever. I notice when it says both of them because it's just so rare that something's yeah. Vision, HDR, and Atmos. And I didn't see that last night on Xbox or I saw it, I saw it today whenever I was watching it this morning. Well, I saw the Dolby up. Vision, but not the Dolby Atmos. Okay. I'm pretty sure I saw Atmos, but it, I, we can Yeah, who knows? Like, right. And so, and maybe that's... Even our TVs, like they're both LG, but yours is a, a year newer model. So mm. who knows? I'm sure all that stuff's probably still being worked out. I'm sure there will be fixes for everything. But yeah, give them 48 hours. I'm sure Disney's money banks will, you know, yeah, they're, they're on it. Yeah. We were talking about that just before we started recording where it's like you can try to account for everything in the world. But Murphy's Law, you know, like yeah. if, the, if, the, if something's going to go wrong, it's going to happen. It's at going the to go time. wrong. Yeah. yeah. I think overall it's pretty good considering. Yeah, they've probably got millions and millions and millions of people yes. that, like, the second the light went green and said yep. go they locked in and decided oh, fuck we were yeah. all I read a comment about watch. a dude he had already bought like a like the three year membership thing like, oh yeah they were selling it like D23 that's with three year memberships no you want to know what's insane is a lot of these people I kept seeing so many posts on Reddit where it's like hey I paid for the three year D23 membership and I don't remember the password God. I used to sign up. Oh, and I'm like, what a sucks. fucking moron. Also, yeah. you're so dumb that you don't see the forgot password thing at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> like, you at least know the email you gave them, yeah, right, guys? Like, definitely. come on. What the fuck? <laughs> How are these people have so much money? It's like, be that stupid. I don't understand. Yeah. But yeah, people are on their three-year plans or their one-years or trying to figure out when does the bundle with Hulu ESPN, go live. ESPN, Nat and, Geo, yeah. yeah. Besides Disney+. Plus. Of course, we all played Death Stranding this week. Everybody, yeah, everyone in the world did. Everybody, every yeah. apparently, quite a lot of people. It it's already the number two best selling game in your uh, UK right now. No shit. Yeah. What, behind what? Uh, just behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Makes but not sense. by much because Modern Warfare's numbers are at where it is after being out for like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding is probably going to continue to sell yeah. really well over there for some time. So. We'll have probably the NPD numbers for that sometime next month, and those will be interesting to look at to see how well that's doing. I wonder if it'll hit like Spider-Man levels of sales. I don't know. I mean, it's already doing better than I honestly thought it was. It's already sold like 3 million copies, I think, uh, worldwide. Yeah. And it's been out for three days. Three days. Yeah, I think it came out Friday. So four days. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we each have different points that we stopped playing. I just finished Chapter 3. Drew, you said you're still in chapter two. I'm but still close. In, I'm still in chapter two. No, I don't think I'm. Have you left your first area that you're probably pretty familiar with where you have like the capital city and then the two distribution cities? Yeah, that, I got I got to the wind farm. Is that like the last big place you got to? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And you, then I, and when then I, I hit there, I still spend another 12 hours in that area because I just want I kept running packages back and oh, forth. No, between yeah, all those uh, I've, yeah, I've just been doing like strand runs. Yeah. So I've been having fun with it ever since I got the bike. It's so much easier. Oh, yeah. You feel a lot more like, ooh, now I can really take the time to like, dart yeah, off like in fuck you meals. I don't have to worry about it. It's not going to take me that long to like make my way back if I decide I want to go see what's over that. And hill. I always care. What does it always carry the PCC? 
Oh yeah, yeah. With you, just in case my bike is like about to run out of battery, and I'm like, oh fuck, no, got to recharge. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice that I've spent so much time in that area because I've seen how quickly all the online interactions have come into yeah. play over just a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like for people that are unfamiliar with this game, it's it's not multiplayer online and that like, you're never going to run across like another player, but like you can build structures and yeah. they'll lo- be loaded into other people's games. Yeah. And you kind of leave signs kind of like the way you do in like a dark souls game, but less trolley where you can put little things like a, like thumbs up or Hey, keep going. Or like or a little smiley ghost symbol. If you or, like this area is like, yeah, don't fucking with B2. go this yeah. way. Yeah, dude. So I saw one and I forgot to look and see again, if this was a joke or not. But it was the uh, it was a no goose sign that I saw on Twitter. I couldn't tell if it was actually there or if it's just someone photoshopped, photoshopped it in. That's funny. Because I laughed so I was like, man, if Kojima actually put the no goose thing from uh, Untitled Goose Game in there, that'd be so like him. Yeah, I, I think it was just a Photoshop. But yeah, one of the earlier missions uh, with those like little sign things that came pretty useful. Whenever you have to go steal the thing for the Chimera printer from the mules, I was going to go straight into the camp or anything like that. Then I saw an arrow and it was pointing to the left and it took me to this cave. You know, to be able to go oh, around. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, fuck, that's super like neat and useful and everything. It's really interesting so far how positive all the interactions are in the game, because I know that was sort of a development mandate when he was making it where they didn't want any like you can't go in. Yeah, there's and, like, no way to be negative. Yeah, yeah. you can't like dislike. There's a whole <laughs> there's system no where dislike, yeah. if like you build something or if there's a sign or whatever, you can press a button to give it a like, like a thumbs up, like you would on like yeah, a post Facebook on Facebook. Or, yeah. or yeah. So honestly, if you don't like it, you either just don't use it or you dismantle it for the shit. You can just totally ignore it. Or yeah, if you yeah if you, you're like fuck you, then you just take that ladder. <laughs> yep. You know what? I don't want that ladder. Here. I'm taking this. There's so many interactions where over those couple of days because when I I started the game like as soon as I could like I booted up when it unlocked I bought it day one whenever it came out and whenever yeah you first played land was barren and yeah. then like there's a couple of signs at like the edge of the city or whatever those are, yeah. those are and that all that beginning stuff that's all NPC yeah the structures yeah, yeah, yeah. and watchtowers are like Nick Easton yep. and whatever characters Igor, in the game yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a few NPC characters that do help you out and you get likes from them as well but very quickly yeah like you log off and then you get back on the next day and then yeah. suddenly there's bridges yes. over all the rivers here yeah. that like people have built up that make it easier to cross. I joked about this with a few people already that like we have a genre of games that are kind of trollingly referred to as walking simulators because they're like these story based games where the whole Any point, sort of quantic dream. It's not game. a lot of action. Yeah, quantic dream or just like again the telltale games right. or life is strange. Like yeah. these games where it's it's mostly dialogue and dialogue choices and you spend a lot of time just literally just walking and going to objective to objective you're not it's it's not a shooter it's not a puzzle game really they're they call them walking simulators and usually it's meant to be like oh this game's boring uh, lord of the rings all they're doing is fucking walking for three movies yeah. like it's usually like a derogatory How description <laughs> but this game is a walking simulator in that the walking is a legitimate mechanic yeah it's really impressive it's crazy to think that he made walking fun and engaging yeah yeah and depending engaging. on who you are after I can see a most certain point like right. it's not just some people walking it's it's transporting it's it's traveling oh sure but yeah. I, I don't mean, like to nail it down with walking because that's such true. a small part like it's it's just traveling you yeah. know it's distance running and item management yes but I, I do want to, before you get too into it when going back to the social connection stuff there's a cool mechanic that I don't know if you guys picked up on. So the dirt paths, 
mm-hmm. that are in like the dirt paths that you see that m- look more like a, a path, like an actual road yeah, yeah. that was made, yeah, but not the ones that we built. Yeah, those are because people have used the same mm-hmm. path over and over again, and that dirt road develops over the usage no of that shit. same path. Yeah, yes. okay, that's interesting. So easier paths to go that people have used a lot will make you know that dirt road show up on your map and. It makes it easier to tell, oh, maybe I should just keep walking on this little yeah, this right. little dirt road than go on my own. Or if you're an adventurer, you know, fucking go that way. The first time I noticed it was because I pulled up the map and you see when you have the map up, you can kind of retrace your yes. steps because it has like a thin line that kind of shows, oh, here's where you were or where well, you've been walking. Well, even then, like in, in, in the in-game world, your footsteps are tracked. So you yeah. can just kind of even like look behind well, you. It's not just yours. It's other people's too. That oh, I, that's right. Yeah, yeah I noticed you'll go that go to a new area and you'll see someone else's footsteps. Right. Yeah, because you'll get a simple like by just having somebody else use your path. Yeah. Like not yeah. even liking it. It's just, you know. But that yeah. line gets thicker and thicker mm-hmm. on the, the map screen. Like it becomes less opaque and yep. more like solid and brighter, the more people travel the same path. Mm -hmm. And I went down one that was like the thickest of them (laughs) and saw that it was like in an area that before, cause like my route to the wind farm now has a more consistent dirt path, direct route. Like it goes around the rocks up the mountain and then has like a direct path to a bridge that someone put up. And it's all shit that like the first time I got, I went out to this area was a struggle. Like and, I, and you're not yeah. talking about I didn't like, know where to go. Mm-hmm. There were rocks everywhere obscuring my way to get and, through. And you're still Fucking talking about PTs. even after you connected that chiral network area, because stuff shows up after that point, but it was still like not fully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like I said, I, I got to the wind farm that like first day I was mm-hmm. playing. So this was be- probably before a lot of people had booted up. Like when I unlocked the finished chapter one trophy, it was ultra rare. It was yeah. still something like 10% of people that owned that game or had sync trophies had gotten that far. So I'd, I could track I can how, see that. I could see that my progress <laughs> is just a bit quicker than everyone else because now it's at like 54% yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think I got more out of that and like the an appreciation for that whole system because instead of beelining it and going right to chapter three, I hung around that area, time. Kept, kept doing deliveries, yeah. kept going around and exploring and just seeing so many things pop up and knowing that like so many other people are playing this game and everything. And of course, you know, you log in and the first thing that happens when you log in is it's like, Oh, so-and-so liked your, yeah. your, your so generator so you or pathway, your bridge yeah. or whatever. And it's, it's like oddly gratifying. It, it really, really, really is. Way. I mean, I, it is that Twitter, Facebook, you know, mentality of, Likes. I'm an oxytocin addict, feel, man. You know, they <laughs> make time. you feel good that yeah. people like what you're doing, and you're helping others. Helping others oh, makes well, you feel good. Something I was th- I was joking with you earlier, and apparently you missed this, but as you progress through the game, you get emails from NPCs. Oh that yeah, you no, come across yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then you also unlock research papers and just interviews, collectibles and lore and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and interviews. Yeah. And I, I've been reading like all of those anytime I get one. One of them was explaining what oxytocin is in this world, <laughs> yeah. and that it's this thing that was discovered as a chemical that releases into your body that was first found in the social media age, which, cause this game is in the near future. Yeah. Well, I don't well, know how far we don't really know exactly. <laughs> it could be yesterday for all we know. Cause they reference a time where, Oh, it, I know this sounds weird, but people used to have social media networks and stuff and they would like each other's posts and that that would release a chemical called oxytocin mm-hmm. into the bloodstream. And that it was almost a, a form of endorphins I, but that, say, I think we just call that serotonin and dopamine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea is that that's where the mules came from. That the mules were basically got addicted to it to the point where you know they had gotten rid of like the service industry in this world because automation took over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there were groups of people that like they couldn't live in a world where there was no need to work, and so the government decided, okay, well, let's make jobs that we don't actually need anymore. Yeah. 
to give these people things to Purpose, do. Yeah. And these people would like slowly become addicted. And that's what the mules are is they are porters. They got so addicted to oxytocin. That's all they that, do like, now. They yeah. can't think about anything but these packages mm-hmm. and getting them delivered and stuff. That's why they want your shit so bad. But it, it's so <laughs> funny that like it's like this in-game explanation for how good it feels when I log in and someone says, oh, I liked your generator like 300 times. And they like this thing I put out in an area because I knew I'd need it. And I picked the place because I was like, oh, it's a good crossroads of these three areas. I think people will come across this and need to use it. And then sure enough, yeah, like that's the I, I've only built like a couple of things. And that's the one where it's like. I'm up to like 10,000 yeah, likes you, on this specific thing. Really good Jesus. in a really good spot. Yeah. That's all you need is those. Like and it, three it's things. so funny because, yeah, I, I log in. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see like who likes who, my who stuff. Yeah. This thing. And uh-huh. yeah, like in this. Yeah. Again, finding the signs and all that shit. It's it's one of those things that sounds so silly when you're hearing about it. And then in practice, you're like, oh, man, it, like it clicked. I got yeah. it. I got it. Apparently quicker than a lot of people because a lot of people were talking about how like getting to chapter three was when it really when it gripped them and stuff and I think story wise I mean I was but you can find starting things, to read I love all, like yes. I just played Control where like half the game is in menus yeah. reading yeah. interviews and like yeah, newspaper you're clippings all about and stuff. the lore man I mean I'm you know huge me into the lore Dark yeah. Souls is the only lore you get is from item information yeah so you have to look for that kind of mm. shit I mean uh, yeah it's good to like deep dive into that kind of stuff when you have it specifically put in a, a place. Yeah. So I can understand that certain people do find stuff they enjoy in the very early part. And that's what keeps them going. And it just gets better and better. But I also see the side where people oh. are like, eh, this is hard to push through. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. So many people have already asked me like, Oh, is it good? Do you like the game? It's, it's like, hard to say because like this game, it's either like you love it or you hate it. Yeah. It, like, and to me, I, I want to say Ooh, for me, yes, it is good for you. I'm not in your skin. I literally yeah, cannot tell you how your brain works enough to be like, you would like this or you wouldn't like this. Yeah. So I, I said this on Twitter. Uh, you get out of the game what you put into it. Travis has obviously put in the time. He builds things that, you know, he wants to, he thinks it's good or he he does the stuff for the likes and he's delivering, you know, hardcore deliveries, blah, blah, blah. And he's getting high rewards out of it because you're putting Gotta in have the that work. Oxytocin, man. Gotta have it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you come into this game, just like, with a negative attitude, you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like the oh, game's yeah, rushing probably, through to like get to the yeah, next cool. Yeah, you're not going to have stuff. fun with the it. The game's like probably that. not going to give you the the extra stuff that unlocks after doing you know tedious deliveries, kind of. But yeah. the story is so engaging, and the characters are so it like, makes you want to keep going. Yeah, and then the rewards are actually really cool, and they in turn they do make the game easier mm-hmm. and more you know not playable because the game's fun. It's just you gotta. Well, it really depends yeah. on what you find fun in games. Cause I, like I said, I could totally see this being like the most monotonous, boring shit for a lot of people Yeah, because I see in this game, a lot of the things that made me not like stuff like breath of the wild and mm-hmm. red dead redemption two. Yeah. And that's why I think it gets funnier and funnier to me. The more I play death stranding, that quote from Kotaku's Tim Rogers review of death stranding, where he says, what if breath of the wild was boring but on purpose (laughs) and like that resonates with me so hard because yeah like breath of the wild does have these long stretches of boring traversal where you're doing nothing god but i was so into it whenever i was playing it but for me there's no payoff because what are you playing a zelda game for a lot of people like story character stuff like that where you get like maybe 45 minutes of like cutscene or mm-hmm. story interaction with important characters throughout the entire like 11 hour hours game. of cutscenes in Death Stranding. Oh, probably more oh that's like that. a Kojima game, yeah. like front yeah. and back, yeah. But that's why it's so weird for me where it is kind of hard to really put my finger on why I like this game so much more than those other two 
when there are in both of them, there are these just like long stretches of like a Red Dead Redemption 2. There's plenty of moments where it's like you're just tapping the X button to ride your horse yeah, down exactly. the path, mm-hmm. like going through woods. They even give you a way to fucking put the controller down and just cinematic mode. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason, there's something about like those stretches of wandering and death stranding that like. I think even it's, when because it's, it's not challenging, the music, I think because he made because uh, Kojima yeah, cause made walking a mechanic exactly. Yeah. That's why because of the exactly because yeah, of the, the balance the traversal mechanics. Yeah, you can't just ignore Sam and have him run the whole way. You have to watch him. Even or when else, you're yeah. on your bike, yeah. like you, I found out very quickly, like especially once I finally went to this next area to try yeah. to get to the place I need to go for mm-hmm. the next chapter. It took like more time because I was convinced that I could find a way to take my bike where I wasn't supposed to, but like. Really, you're supposed to get off that bike. Of, and of course, yes. you find out spoilers in chapter three, like you don't even bring it with you. So like my struggle to get my bike to go to this other city <laughs> was pointless. Didn't even need to. I yeah. probably could have gotten there quicker if I hadn't. Uh-huh. But it's funny because this is not a game where, yeah, you could just like the Witcher hold X and he'll just like you'll stay on the road. Yes. And you'll go to that far point. Like, yeah, you do have to decide. Am I going to go left? Am I going to go right? I do think I want it's it? starting to rain over here. Do I want to take the, the long map, route? Do I want to like take the... this right route where it's a little flat and yeah, you know, a little bit longer? Or do I want to take the risk of go up the mountain that's shorter? You know? Yeah. And all this is to say, we haven't even talked about how gorgeous the, it is. The combo. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, it's gorgeous. We've been hyping up that this is Guerrilla Games' engine for a while. I think that's what kind of is the most engaging part for me. I do love a good inventory management, blah, blah, blah. But the game is beautiful. The scenes that you just discover from just walking or riding your bike or fucking driving the truck getting up to the top of that hill and just looking even, over it and dude, even <laughs> just three fucking spin even around. just going <laughs> i do tons of the e3 oh, camera yeah. even just being at the bottom of the hill on your way up to it looking at it from that wide view it's it's gorgeous the yeah. sky the the environment the weather and then you sometimes get this random song that just plays and matches the tone the of the game so, yes. so well. So good. You just feel like you've just entered a movie and you just keep walking because it's such a beautiful moment. Yeah. For even you that, and the character. that intro mission. Oh, it's so great. Like when that first song popped up when you're on like the, I think you're on the beach. Uh, what, what, what was the lyric? It's don't be so serious. I don't, yeah. I don't even know, but it was, it, it got me. And I was like, I'm going to keep playing this yeah. fucking game <laughs> just to see another moment like that. It's very much like, it's rewarding by traveling to see the world and the world opens up to you. Yeah. Uh, I was having this thought in my head whenever I was playing. I was, and I wanted to ask you guys, which game do you think looks better? This or modern warfare? Uh, I mean, they're going for, well, they both do kind of have like a realistic take, like as far as like aiming the for photorealism and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. I would say as far as like character rendering, modern warfare, but something to keep in mind is that a ton of modern warfare is pre-rendered. Like those, like obviously all the story cutscenes and stuff, those are compressed videos that yeah. have been rendered in like at super high quality. They're not the same models as they use in game and the animation rigging also, they use in game. They're not as close up views of the characters. Yeah, exactly. You get yeah. a lot of face to face, like I'm right here, bro. Yeah. And you know, you get to look at those little tiny details. Right. I would say as a as a total package, and then considering the fact that again, Death Stranding is an open world game versus one where mostly with when it comes to lighting is where a smaller game like a modern warfare can take the edge because you're designing like a corridor. You've got like a home or something a very much smaller compared to area. like a whole fucking yeah. Yeah. A sandbox compared some to of the, a beach. Some of the best looking missions in modern warfare are the on rails ones where you, <laughs> yeah. you've got night vision goggles on, you're walking up a staircase very slowly. Those are the levels where it's like, you can pre calculate all that lighting because you know, 
they're going to be on this path moving up a staircase it's standard every you, time. There's no deviation. You yeah. have to go kind of this 5, way. 5,000 people play this game. That moment, they will always be moving up yes, that stairs right. in order to progress. Whereas Death Stranding, it's like any other open world game. You could be over here at one point. You could be over here. The weather system could kick in and it could start raining. That's going to affect the way that the lighting and the environment looks for that time period. Okay. Materials will change. I think it's tough to compare those two, but once you start getting into the cutscenes and stuff, I'd say Death Stranding just because you have to keep in mind it's one all of that is rendered real time. Their hair moves. Like yeah. that fucking opening <laughs> scene, like when we were at Chris's place and showing that off on the projector mm-hmm. and watching that opening sequence with the title cards and stuff before it goes in. Like that that part is pre-rendered right before you get to Norman Reedus yeah. going down the on his bike and stuff and it transitions yeah. into real time. That was their showing of this is how good this can look pre-rendered. And those first like minute and a half of that opening of Death Stranding, yeah, crushes anything in modern warfare. That's totally true. Oh wow, yeah, it I forgot looks about that. Like yeah. the ground and everything, and the the scenery. It and looks like, like you're like looking like a, like, a, like in a Nat Geo picture or yeah. something. That shit is way above and beyond anything oh, we I know see, what you're I was, even I was in the pre-rendered out. stuff in modern warfare. Right, and then once you get into the the end game stuff. The visual quality goes down a little bit, but it's still shocking how like much detail, yeah, for and, sure. Like effects, like skin quality and tones, and the hair rendering and everything. Like it's hard to compare the two games, but I would say Death Stranding easily comes out and is like probably one of the, I would say the most impressive open world game we've seen, only being beaten by Red Dead Redemption Two. Now that it's on PC, right, and you can scale that up to whatever resolution you want and crank up the features, and hopefully it runs features. Yeah, if it boots. <laughs> Yeah, how did you guys feel about all of the what little of combat I guess there is so far as far as your interactions with the BTs and that whole stealth system and um honestly have you gotten tired of it yet, I guess? No, I haven't. That was one thing that was really good worrying me like w- watching all the trailers and teaser videos leading up to this game. I was just like, how's the combat going to be? Is it going to feel good or anything like that? But the walking is so engaging in itself and <laughs> I don't care. Like it doesn't bug me. Like the only combat I ever did was like, I've, I've just stealth taken out like three mules. Yeah. The first time I went to a mule camp, I forgot that they gave you this, the wire thing. Yeah. The strand. So I was just dodging and bobbing and weaving. And what? you didn't even see this. Okay. So they very quickly, before you go to the, on the mission to the first mule post yeah. box, mm-hmm. they give you a strand. that's like in your equipment thing. Oh, and I when you that equip was just it, a rope. no, you hold L2 to like to, to like, start using it. Yeah. And then like if you go up behind them, you could stealth like wrap it around them and choke them out and knock them out. I was just punching people and running them over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I did. Yeah, I haven't even like punched anyone or anything I, like that. I realized I oh, could dude, punch later on. I'm getting and I was real like, good oh, with okay. the combat because I realized that the reason that all of those mules are carrying just like junk that you don't need, like almost all of them has like a pair of it's mule a re- boots. It's resin yeah. or a ladder boots, or resin. Yeah. yeah. It's because... When you knock one of them out, if you're fast enough, because this is the reason that the combat goes into slow motion when you knock someone out, Mm. is that they drop their package. You can press L2 or R2 to grab it while it's falling to the ground and and use that as a weapon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to use your packages as weapons. But use theirs. It it kind of hints to you, hey, you should use theirs because... You don't need they're 50 all, ladders. They're always carrying something is what they say. Yeah. yeah. You don't need a bunch of resin because resin is what you use the least. It's mostly just to manufacture boots from what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And I think the ropes. You get some higher quality resin I think, later I think on it for, uses yeah. PCC, yeah. for the PCC as well. You might use some of it for that. Yeah. But it's small amounts, though. Yeah. yeah. Most of the ones I come across, though, it's they're just carrying ladders or their mule boots, which aren't even as good as the boots that you can make anyway. Mm-hmm. 
No, they're, they're just kind of so like you extra can, in case yurts are like yeah. on their way out. Just like why they I have, use the mule boots. Just for like a why bit, they but... have the sandalwood bushes. It's right. just like yeah. in case you have nothing else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I went into one camp just to like see if I was getting a, a grip on it, and yeah, I stealth stranded the first guy as he's going down. I catch the box just fucking hurling at this other guy Jesus. across the camp. I'm going to have to try yeah, this. I did not realize I, you I could totally do that. forgot about knocks it. knocks him out and yeah. then I like duck and run around a building because the other guy just like hey what's going on? That? Yeah. And he runs he turns off but he you're not in his eyesight because it's another thing when they're red they see you and they know yes. your position if the, their li- eyes are lighting up orange it's like they know you're around but they don't know where you are. Yeah. And so you can quickly kind of like crouch go into one of their little campground tents or whatever wait for him to come around come back around stealth kill him Knock already him the combat feels yeah exactly yeah he's unconscious he's alive he's batman arkham alive so i, even <laughs> so, I checked him off he's the hill spider-man ps4 alive can we talk about how scary the vts are yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, holy I'm, shit anytime like it's your rainbow or, the, or your thing starts to slow down it's just like oh shit bing 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 yeah i'm, I'm fucking terrified i'm getting a little better Should at avoiding be. <laughs> them just because of the areas i was in because i was familiar with those areas but now I'm in a new part again where I'm not familiar with this right. place because like I spent 15 hours in like this opening, yeah, spot. Yeah, trying and to get them star connections. And that's not to say like I don't want to scare anyone off and be like, oh, you've got to be there for 15. Hours. I was there because no, I decided you just enjoyed because it. I'm going to make a home here. Be, yeah, right? I was like, I'm just going to live in this yeah. little area. I'm happy here. But I got so familiar with that area where it's like, ooh, I knew kind of quick getaways from depending on where I was or. Ooh, I could probably like keep coasting down this river and have a good way to like go either left or right to get away from groups. So I was able to avoid a lot of the BT stuff. I definitely came into a couple of close encounters where it's like they grabbed my bike, yep. they grabbed me, sh- I'm shaking them off and stuff. Yeah, anytime they're like corner. grabbing you and they're coming up from the ground, fucking Jesus. There was one bad part where I was on one side of the river that I wanted to be on. Yeah. I got attacked and I fucked it up because I was just trying to rush out of there. Yeah. It grabbed me, took me under, and took me across the river to the side I didn't oh, want to be on. on the river. What? Yeah, they, oh, shit. It, so they when they're grabbing you, they if you kind of just do nothing, they will take you under. It goes into first person view, and they're like just running you across the map. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Holy shit. And then I remember once. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go, think, go ahead. And I think then they just kind of drop you wherever they feel like or something. It, it yeah. Just, but it ended me. I was so far away. And it, it takes you away from all your shit. Yeah. And I looked <laughs> like when I go back and look up on my map, you know, it, it still follows. It tracks where they take you. Yeah. And there's one point where it's like it goes and then there's like it just jackknifes across the river really fast and yeah it, it's scary yeah i remember once i got like taken under and then like one of the bt monsters showed up and this was like early on in the game and i was like fuck this fuck this and i just ran away yeah it's it's definitely still incredibly stressful uh do you have the blood grenades yet i just got those okay so that is something too is that you can use those grenades like if they start grabbing you you can use them defensively where you just kind of like chuck it at your mm-hmm. feet okay and it'll slow them down a lot so you can get out a little more quickly there's parts of it where so far for me the combat is already kind of opening up to remind me about a lot of the ways you could get out of situations in like metal gear solid five right where you had all these different tools at your disposal that if you're creative with them you can accomplish a lot, yes. but you have to actually be thinking about what the capabilities of all your equipment okay. are. And, and very early on, you are, it's kind of obvious that you're really not supposed to engage. It's almost a suicidal run. If you're going to, I'm a fuck fight this BT already. Once I have, now that I have those grenades, like I, I've been stocking up on a lot of those because there's plenty of situations was like, I go into a BT fight and I'm just like, I know I don't have too far to go. I'm just going to ride my bike the whole way through <laughs> 
And then if I if it starts going yellow orange, then I'll jump off yeah. and I'll track them down, <laughs> chuck a couple grenades to like clear my space. Yeah. But there are plenty of times too where it was when I was going towards the area in chapter three where again it's like a rocky passage I wasn't familiar with. I think I'm scooting around just okay, and all of a sudden I like smack straight into one of those BTs, and they immediately oh, grab me off my bike, and I'm like, all my shit is starting to float up into the sky, and I was, oh my god, and basically had to shake them off and then run off and hide behind a corner, and then just like slowly walk back over there, and I'm like, I think they're gone. That was funny. And grab my stuff and put it back on the bike. <laughs> yeah, if you have most scoot away. of your stuff on your bike and they like grab you, if you just leave your bike, they'll cover it in goop. But if you come back after they disappear, your bike's fine and yeah. all your shit's fine. There's little, there's I'm little things little, you learn. A little yeah. less spooked by yeah. them, but it's, it's still, it's still every time. time yeah, yeah, it's just one of those moments where like, yeah, like you said, the second you get that zoom out thing in your little bt detector starts freaking out you're like oh fuck no, yeah, no been, not right now, yes. not right now. <laughs> i eventually got better at like actually stealthing through the bts like once you get to the forest part that's where you really they force you to kind of interact yeah. with the bts yeah. mm-hmm. on foot i usually don't have a problem with them because you again, if as long yeah. as if you're crouching you move slow hold your breath if they because they give you that wiggle room where the second you're detected like if they did start spinning real mm-hmm. fast and you see it and it, you can you get that like sound of like that metal gear sound effect like oh they know you're here and they're gonna start following you if you hold your breath right then then it's like it's like t-rex stuff like when you're yeah. not moving at all it's like <laughs> they immediately lose tracking of where yes. you are and you kind of have a moment oh, really? to, okay. to find a rock to walk behind and, and like, usually from there you can take a breath and then repeat <laughs> usually it's kind of like there. a zigzag kind of like serpentine powder where like one's on your left so you kind of go to the right uh-huh. and then one's like right there in front of you on your right so you kind of drift to the left and eventually you well, just kind of make it through yeah and it's also really helpful like your terrain detector yes whenever you're around bts will like it'll flash in the direction of where the nearest mm-hmm. one is and mm-hmm. i use that a lot oh yeah that's what i mean that. that's when you know you see them because they're over to your right because your thing's like over here well then yeah you but you can go. also scan you know scan around and then see where they're at as well yeah you I, get I a little glimmer I, but sometimes i don't, I don't see ever them. scanned when I was in the BT kind of combat, cause I was afraid that would give myself away. Actually. Oh, no, that's no, what that's, lets you like see their physical forms a yeah. little better for like just a couple moments, mm-hmm. especially could, if you're really close to them. I could already see their little black things. Well, sometimes they'll disappear cause they go invisible again. It just yeah. depends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. no, I just never scanned cause I was worried that would give myself away. No. Yeah. yeah the scanning seems to be fine. Maybe cause my birthday's in they, July. I had better dooms than you guys. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this game was kind of funny too. Like, oh, yeah, it's got a mix it's of got, humor and, uh-huh, and yeah, for as serious yeah. as this game takes itself, there's a good amount of uh, hilarity to it because yeah, I mean, like, that's fucking Kojima in general. Yeah. Again, the whole infinite but ammo again, thing this is really like this is like uh, my first Kojima experience. I never really, oh, I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, one of the things I find funny is like the EX grenades. Uh, so there's a mechanic in the game where you go to your own private room and you, you know, you can take a shower or take a shit or take a piss or whatever. And like your bodily fluids can be used to make special grenades or something. Have you actually used any yet? Cause I don't know I what they not. are used for. I haven't, I, again, I'm so fucking terrified every time I, I come across a BT, but yeah, that's the thing is like, if you like take a piss, it's called like EX grenade number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You take a shower, EX grenade number zero, take a shit. EX well, grenade yeah, number and the way two. You replenish your stamina is with literal monster, monster energy. Drink. Drink. I know. So, because apparently that's the only thing that 
Elastic. That's all that made it. Yeah. Out of, after all of America is gone, all we've got Monster left is Monster energy. energy. Plenty of it, too. Like, seemingly in Makes sense, man. The whole world endless is amount. You're either a right. scientist or a delivery guy. Like, you got to up at a lot of late hours, a lot of caffeine. Did you build a monster factory? <laughs> hey, we needed something. Turns out BTs love monsters. Oh, they don't they, they Just the one thing that uh, you stuff. can't kill cockroaches and you can't kill monster energy. Yeah. It's always going to be here. But like also one of the funny things about it. So like whenever you're in your own private room, it kind of zooms out and like you see Sam uh, on the bed in the private room and everything. Mm -hmm. And just like little subtle things that he'll do. He winks at you. He winks at you. Like, okay. So like behind him, whenever you first get in the room behind him, there's like green army men. Mm -hmm. You can hit command. It's like, look at, you know, figurines or something like that. I was not expecting this whenever it happened. Yeah. He like looks in the camera and then he's just like shows you the the figurines and then mm. you zoom in on it and everything like that. Yeah. And like certain things, like if you hadn't showered in a while, Sam will just be like, and like point oh, to wow. the shower. You're did so you not, dirty. I never did yeah, that. Every I, time I go to the private room, I'm like, man, I've been mucking around a lot. I'm going to take a piss, going to take a shit, take a shower. I yeah. didn't go to the private. I was doing deliveries. Like I, <laughs> the one time I think uh, that, I was going, cause it's the only way to get your stamina to 125%. Yeah. Cause oh, fuck that. You gotta I go. Was, chuck I was some, fine. I gotta chuck <laughs> three monsters. I chuck three monsters after every big run. I'm like, because there were multiple moments where it's like I realized I hadn't been in a while and my stamina was down to like I couldn't get more than 50% at a time. Doing? I was doing hardcore. Damn, bro. You were talking about, oh, I'm just busy delivering, okay? <laughs> I got three stars I on delivered before I stopped. everything. <laughs> Ethan, did you do the, uh, <laughs> like at one point again when you're in the private room, if you like stare at his crotch for too long. You have brought this up so many oh, no, times. I don't think I ever did that. It's hilarious. I didn't realize it, like a few times that. in person. He's mentioned it on Slack. Mm -hmm. You're very no. interested in the Norman but, Reedus not liking you looking at his crotch. I think animation. it's hilarious. But what I did do is I did change his hat to red because Bridges is in white. So it looks like a Trump hat. And oh, I was, yeah. I, I kind of thought too. that yeah. was fucking funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like promotional material for the game that shows it is just like a red hat. Oh, like, uh, yeah, like, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I thought I just saw how like I in real life it looked. I was like, ah, that's fucking funny. I'm going to yeah. put that there. So. Make America great again. Well, I think that's a good end point for our discussion yeah. on death training for now i'm sure drew and i will continue to have more thoughts about this in future episodes because like i said we have barely scratched the surface yeah because what there's supposed to be like 14 chapters of 14 this? chapters yes. I think, Jesus yeah. and i will love to be able to finally talk about what i actually know of the game yeah yeah we know right yeah we know. ethan as always can't help himself and nope got to know the information so i watched people play it and i've seen all the way to chapter four, 13 is where i last saw some so is this not a game you think you might decide to pick up eventually i am not going to pay or have someone pay 60 dollars for this for me so mm -hmm. this will be a black friday or a discounted purchase but uh, would you like to play more yourself oh, definitely you, no i stopped even having seen so much of the story i stopped stuff? at a point because i knew where i stopped the game gets really really engaging yeah so when i do actually have the game i'm gonna be excited to start you know i've done the beginning mm -hmm. and i can just start from the part where i left off and i can just jump in there and get the game going yeah, yeah. this seems like a game it will be very interesting to see how it evolves over time because already it feels like such a complete experience and so far as like how well it runs that there's not like a whole bunch of bugs that like as little as what we knew about the game going into it really that like I'm happy with what we have mm -hmm. and there's still probably plenty of patching coming and support. Yeah. that's going to maybe I wouldn't DLC. be surprised if there's DLC itself mm -hmm. where it's like different kinds of hats and shit like to get out <laughs> over time. Who knows? I'm very excited to see where things go with this game and, yep. and especially the discussion around the game because this is such a weird, weird there's fucking nothing game. really else out there. I'm like excited it. for the fact that if people take a break from this game, 
and, and I mean a large mass amount of people taking a break from this game, maybe after, you know, everybody beats it and stuff, the stuff in the game will die. The yeah. buildings, the, the the tools that people have built to make the game easier will go away. Really? Yes. Yeah, because there's time a whole... deteriorates oh, yeah, that's everything right. that's yeah. in the map. Okay. And so, that's, that's where a lot of the upgrading materials yes. for like like moving your bridge from like level one to three over time or whatever. Once you're at three, it's, it takes less damage from time fall. Okay. Only the most used things, probably the most helpful things will yeah. remain after a long period of time. I'd be interesting to check this game out in a year or two to see what the game Go is back like, to like that opening area and yeah. see how different it is and stuff. Yeah. I don't know that. Well, we'll find out, but I, I have to imagine the differences won't be too dramatic only because you, you could figure that, from a maintenance standpoint of them on the back end, making sure that things are running well for people or whatever, that they could probably combine instances oh, of sure. the world map. Definitely and like, layering and stuff like that. Oh, we yeah. thought maybe people might be playing longer or like, again, balance adjustments and yes. stuff over time where maybe they're like, oh, let's have time fall affect level one stuff less often because I don't know the people the, aren't here anymore. The aspect of like, is there different servers for where you're living based on your location to where like, a, a person builds a bridge in LA. Am I going to see that bridge or is it like, is he so far away from me? As, does that bridge not even show up on my network? Yeah. Like the, you know what I mean? Based on like us yeah. East coast or us it's, West coast. Exactly. Is it like only like, you know, in my state, is it, you know, what is that part depending on? That's, that's what I'm curious about. Cause I mean, it, am I getting stuff from people in Europe? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Could be, Cause yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's not active multiplayer. So you have to imagine that it's just something where they just have, like when you build something, you get a ping that like mm -hmm. pings off to a server. Yeah, it's like, exactly. okay, here, this bridge exists at this point. Cause if I build one thing on the same spot as someone else, they don't put both of them in. They pick one and you one guys should actively look for like each other's stuff. Oh, I look out for y'all's names, but I don't think I I'll ever see across it. Anything I actually you, didn't build that much yet. stuff myself because I, I found the most useful things and or I would just make my own stuff fucking already, path. Yeah. yeah, I've been mostly yeah like upgrading other people's stuff. Like I'll, like if I, I'm up running around, I realize, oh, I've got like an extra 200 medals and I need room for other shit. I'll go. What's the nearest mm -hmm. generator or bridge or tower or whatever and dump stuff into there. But guys, I think it's time for another game of what's the score. What is the score? What's the score? What the is score the is score? currently after week one with planet zoo, Mario and Sonic Olympics, 2020 and death stranding. The score is Ethan three points, Andrew two points. Horseshit. But that could all change because it's another week and we have three more games to guess the open critic score of. Based on, because these are a little more obscure, a couple of them are anyway, I made sure to inform the boys earlier with some trailers so they at least had a cursory understanding of what the game is, maybe uh, what the, the budget is, who is gonna, who's going to like it, who's not going to like it. Our first game for What's the Score this week is Super Liminal. Now, this is a game that's only out on PC so far. Ooh. came out November 12th, so... The day that we were recording this podcast, you are right, Ethan. Developed by Pillow Castle, who I looked up, and I That's don't think name. that they. I think this might be the first like big thing that they've put out because their website is basically just like this game. It's like mm -hmm. trailers for this and all that. Not a pillow fort. Pillow Castle. Pillow Castle. It's got to think bigger. Okay, mm -hmm. That's, That's the problem. Most kids they give up a fort. <laughs> they aren't looking down the line. Castle Realty is Baby, very. What are you building? I'm building a Pillow Castle. By the way, I'm going to need the kitchen. <laughs> We're expanding. And you, uh. Anyway, uh, a game inspired by forced perspective. 
In this mind-bending first-person puzzler, you explore a surreal dream world and solve impossible puzzles using the ambiguity of depth and perspective. Perception is reality. But if they're impossible, how do I... That's something you're going to have to overcome in super liminal... You just told me they were impossible. So guys, what are we thinking? They can't be... For the top (laughs) critic average from Um, 0 to 100. 80. 70. Closest without going over is Andrew. Damn. Average open critic score of 74. Oof. It was a little lower for that kind of game, I would think. I wonder if it's got, it just doesn't have enough substance. Not a ton of reviews out right now, but also I think it just seems like it's a shorter game. That's what I should have asked how many people reviewed it. I think it's just, I think it's just a very niche game, you know? Yeah, I mean, 74, I mean, that's, it's still a good game. Yeah. That's that's not bad. That's That's not good. It's not bad. That's a C to me, man. Yeah, based on public school, man. Fuck other kind of school did you these go are to? Video games, okay. Video, video games game are school. school. <laughs> video game school. Yeah, I mean these are Destructoid, eight out of ten. Game Revolution, three and a half out of five stars. Yeah, Euro whenever I was watching the, whenever I was watching the trailer, I was like, this looks cool, but I don't see this being like an eight or a nine, you know? Yeah, it's probably I, I if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably eight. it's a cool idea and not something you'd make like a twenty hour game off of. Right. And because it's shorter, that like it's just like, yeah, it's cool. Wonder how much they're charging for it. Hopefully, like uh, I think bucks. on Steam, I saw nineteen ninety nine. Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, Drew, do you want to go for the extra point? You feeling like a brave boy? Do it, coward! You feeling yeah, like you got I'm gonna the go cojones? For so, this is uh, how many and then critics recommended. If he it. gets it wrong, I have a chance to steal. Right? No, you, you just get the point if he gets it wrong. That's even better. Yeah. So, what? okay, within five yeah. percent, <laughs> without going over, what is the Critics recommended percentage of super liminal based on an average Metacritic score of 74. 76. Ooh, 71% Fuck. recommended. Ethan Fuck. gets the point. Boom goes the dynamite. Suck my dick. <laughs> Next up. This one I'm actually looking forward to quite a bit. I don't know. It's one of those games where it's like, I want to, if I had all the time in the world, if I had the Hermione Granger uh, little charm or the the necklace she has thingy. where I could be playing two games at once. Don't this like is what I would be playing here. while I was playing Death Stranding. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition developed by Forgotten Empires and Wicked Witch Studios published by Xbox Game Studios. This is also PC only, but I think they've been talking about how they want to bring Age of Empires to Xbox. Just taking some time to figure it out because this is a real-time strategy game. So Kind of difficult to put these on consoles, really. I remember people talking, playing this, like, during uh, junior high. Oh, yeah. This is an incredibly popular series. This is probably the best of game of them. They've also been talking about how they do want to also do a definitive edition of Age of Mythology, which is really cool because, of course, that works in all the Greek gods and and stuff like that. It's a much more fantasy-driven experience. The Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition celebrates the 20th anniversary of one of the most popular strategy games ever with stunning 4K Ultra HD graphics a new and fully remastered soundtrack and brand new content. The last cons with three new campaigns and four new civilizations explore all the original campaigns like never before, as well as the best selling expansions spanning over 200 hours of gameplay and 1000 years of human history head online to challenge other players with 35 different civilizations in your quest for world domination throughout the ages. Choose your path to greatness with this definitive remaster to one of the most beloved strategy games of all time. Ethan, what are we thinking? 86. Okay. Bitch. Going a little under, going a little over. 
Maybe it's a hundred. Maybe this is so fucking buggy that it it's could sitting be, at like a twenty. It's either really good because it's beloved, or it's really fucking buggy and everybody hated it. I know that's it. what I'm thinking. Beloved, but also a remaster of an older game. Have other strategy games gotten better? Have they done it better? Maybe. I'm going a lot off nostalgia factor here. Yeah, you give Duke Nukem a nine out of ten when it came out. You play it today, you're like, mm, this isn't good. It's a little curt. Eighty five. 84, you both lose Damn. points. Damn. Yep. Wait, lose a point? No, sorry. I mean, you both <laughs> lost the chance to get a point. All right. Now, for redemption, since neither of you got the open critic score, do any of you have a guess at the percentage of critics recommended? You both get a chance. You don't have to be within 5%, but you do not get to go over. 69. And it's based on nine critic reviews <laughs> with an 84 open critic. And Ethan, you're saying 69% recommended? Sure. I think I'm wrong now that I, that I heard back the numbers, but that's fine. You can change it. We give If, if Drew agrees, you can change it. You can go first, and I'll I change my answer. I didn't give you all the information. You did say it kind of quick, but I mean, Drew I'll gets allow it. Decide. Go ahead and change it. I want to say 72. You've been very chivalrous lately. 72%? Yeah. All right, Drew, what are you thinking? 80. Drew gets the point. 100% of critics wow. that reviewed the game Damn. recommend it. Wow. Those nine guys must be real nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Super fucking nice. nerdy. That's, that's good. Nerdy fucks. What did the game get though? 84. Seems kind of low for hundred percent recommendation. Almost 10 people. Hmm. That's where Matt, the recommendations come from. Cause if, I mean, cause you could have a game that's 84, but a bunch of people said 10 out of 10 and a couple people said five yeah, out of 10. And that those, could skew it just enough take it down, yeah. to average it out. Whereas this seems where it's like everyone eight out of 10 at IG in Italy, 88 out of a hundred at, uh, Hobby Consadas. So you just got a really small 78 number. 78 PC Gamer. Everyone's right in that A very tight, small 80 range. High so 70, it, yeah. low 80 that happened to come together for mm-hmm. that. But everyone recommended it. So, all right. Andrew. Let's start asking more questions. For Catch you. You can ask info. all the questions you want. Yeah. So if you want a little extra info, I can help you out. That's why I can tried I get to play a, the trailers. What's Continent of Origin, please? But telling you this whole can time, you I was like, you, you need a little extra insight sometimes to really can I get wriggle. A, can I get a definition? <laughs> your way into an extra point on what's the score. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Now, our final game for this edition of What's the Score is Need for Speed Heat. Now, I don't think anybody doesn't know what Need for Speed is. This game came out November 8th for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, developed by Ghost Games on DICE's Frostbite engine, the first Need for Speed game to use that engine, the same engine used by Battlefield. Yep. In Battlefront. But did it work? I don't Translate know. from I don't know. first person shooter. Published by Electronic Arts. Hustle by day and risk it all by night in the need for speed heat. A white knuckles racer that pits you against a city's rogue police force as you battle your way into the street racing's elite. Yeah, it looked like fucking hot pursuit. By day, compete in the <laughs> Speed Hunter Showdown, a sanctioned competition where you earn bank to customize and upgrade your garage of high performance bank. cars. When your ride's perfectly styled and hyper-tuned and you're ready to ramp up the intensity, drive out into the night where you and your crew take on the competition and elicit street races to build your reputation and grant you access to bigger races and better parts. But under the cover of darkness patrols a rogue task force looking to bring you down and swipe all you've earned. Take them on and risk it all for underground glory or head back to your safe house and begin another thrilling day. The roads, the risks, and the rides never end in the street racer where your crew rolls deep, your garage is full of hot cars, and the city's your nonstop playground. Andrew, what are we thinking? 65. Oh, you're not buying it. 
You're not eating the hype. Nope. You're not spooning that into your throat. Don't feed me this shit. I don't care. Ethan, Andrew's a little cold on Need for Speed Heat. How are you feeling? What was yours again? 65? 65. 65, all right. How many reviews? We got 46 reviews for Need for Speed Heat. This is a AAA release. Electronic Arts, well-known franchise. Never really all that bad, but it, I mean, it's never it hasn't been great for a long time. 76. 76? Wasn't Aaron Paul in one of those games? He's in the movie. Oh, that's right. We, which we get to oh, watch in a couple I months. I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So you said, uh, what 70, was it again? Did I say 76 or 74? I don't know. Yeah. I'm asking you. What did I say? 72. I was, I was you like didn't wrong. say 72. No, that was what I said last time. Oh. Yeah. Caitlin's too close to the laptop. She can see what's over here. <laughs> I think she was trying to help you subliminally. Uh, 74, I guess. I'll, I'll say 74. And Drew, you said 65. Drew gets the point. 73. Damn! You were just oh, a couple of points over. Fuck! <laughs> Shut your mouth. I would. He would have been a lion Shut cheating sack of shit. We'd have had to scrap all yeah. of November yeah. again. Yeah, we already had to scrap all of October because nobody trusts Andrew. I'm a lot of things. Fuck you! A liar is not one of them. Only once, and because I, I didn't know what it was yet. Now, Andrew, Man, I was so right on. Damn. Yet again, you have the privilege and the right to decide if you want to guess the critics recommended. For this title, for an extra point. what What's our score at right now between me and Ethan? For this week, well, the in score total. is three Andrew, one Ethan. For total, we've got four points Ethan, five points Andrew. So okay. you are ahead by one. Do you want to risk it and tie it up for Ethan or go for the two and solidify your supremacy? Go for the two. And what's you mean go for the one? Well, because he's already got one. Oh, okay. oh yeah. so he's going Makes for sense. two. <laughs> this isn't bad. This isn't football. All right. I swear, I don't know where you are half the time. Every other week, it's like you're a different person. Last week, you were the one that pointed out it was like football. Yeah, I want to go for the two. Now you're saying, oh, this isn't football. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> we can play back the tapes. We record this show. It's on the internet. You can listen to it. Pass Ethan. You're wrong. It's not like uh, football. More like 70. a penalty kick. Sorry. Oh, so you're going? You're going for the extra point? Do it, coward. So within 5%, you're saying 70? Ethan gets a point. Only 50% Suck it. of Damn those it. 46 critics recommend Damn. this game. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I sh- what uh. the fuck? <laughs> Who are these people? These people <laughs> suck. <laughs> Jesus. Ethan gets the point. So now we're tied, right? Yeah, we're at five each. Five, overall. five. Five, five is hmm. definitely the way this reads. Interesting enough, this is the same way that it went last week, essentially. Andrew got one point and then both of y'all fucked yeah. up with the number so you only got a point because you were best on the critics recommended yep just like last week with ethan on death stranding and uh the other two ethan went for two each time and ended up giving drew a point <laughs> so <laughs> we, we just switched it back and forth how the turn tables i don't on think what's that, the score microjman microjman all right hey, guys i think now it's officially time for the news news don't you give me those judgmental kind of eyes. Funny. Don't do that shit. I like to see what he gets off uh-huh. the top of his head. Coming off the cuff. <laughs> I try. Uh, At least he tries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to straight up copy. Just a smidge of effort of is here. all I'm looking for. Just a smidge. Just the, the slightest little nugget of effort. Little sprinkle. Little ground cinnamon thrown on top of there. My glaze. voice is dynamic. I bring a lot of energy now. First up, Gorilla Games is Herman Holst is PlayStation's new head of Worldwide Studios. So we talked a couple weeks ago about how Sean Layden has left the company. 
We've all been kind of wondering who's taking over Worldwide Studios. Well, now we know PlayStation is named Guerrilla Games' managing director and co-founder Herman Holst is its new head of Worldwide Studios. He starts the role immediately and will manage all of Sony's game development across its 14 internal studios. Meanwhile, wow. Worldwide Studios president Shuhei Yoshida will leave his current role to lead a new initiative that will look after and nurture external, smaller independent studios. The changes are part of Sony Interactive Entertainment's restructuring ahead of the launch of the PlayStation 5. It also comes a month after the departure of Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden. Speaking to GameIndustry.biz, PlayStation CEO and President Jim Ryan said that Hulse's appointment will prove Sony is very much thinking globally as it moves into the next generation. Quote, Herman is a European who will be taking one of the major offices at PlayStation. I think everybody in Europe should be thrilled and happy and proud that that is happening. Herman is one of the most effective and well-respected leaders in the video game industry. He is a passionate advocate for the teams he leads and understands how to empower creative talent to build great experiences. I have no doubt Herman can lead our teams to deliver compelling and diverse experiences at a steady cadence. Gorilla is best known for its Killzone series in Horizon Zero Dawn and most recently worked with Kojima Productions on Death Stranding. In Holst's place, Angie Smets, Jan Bart Van Beek, and Michael Van Der Lue will take over as a joint studio heads at Gorilla. Holst said, I have worked closely with PlayStation and the entire Worldwide Studios family since 2001, and I have the utmost respect and admiration for the creative talent and ambitious ideas within the network of studios across U.S., Europe, and Japan. Yoshida's new position is part of a new initiative celebrating external developers that are creating new and unexpected experiences. He will report directly to Jim Ryan. Quote, everybody knows just how passionate Shu is about independent games. They are the lifeblood of the industry, making our content portfolio so special for our gamers. These wildly creative experiences deserve focus, and a champion like Shu at PlayStation will ensure the entire Sony Entertainment Interactive organization works together to better engage with their developers through a culture of supporting and celebrating their contributions to PlayStation platforms. The news will come as promising reading to the independent gaming community. Over the past 12 months, some indie studios have expressed concern to GameIndustry.biz that PlayStation seems to be scaling back its support for smaller developers. However, Ryan insists that indies have always remained important to the platform holder. Quote, I get this a lot. We feel that it's not a question of us coming back to the indies because we feel like we've never left. I would just point to the amount of engagement that PlayStation has made with that community over the course of the last three to five years in the VR space. People tend to forget about this, but the amount of indie engagement with VR is actually really very significant. We are very active with them. We've been engaged with human resource. We've been very financially supportive. We've been sharing experiences as people start to learn about what makes a great VR experience. Can't argue with there. No, you can't because they do have some great VR. You know how many fucking VR titles like started as PlayStation 4 and then they took that tech and expanded and scaled it up to work on Vive or Rift or whatever. That's obviously because people at Sony, again, Sony's ice team and some of their VR development firms helped them make sure this runs on something as weak as a PlayStation yeah. 4 to ensure that it's hitting the performance profile it needs. And then, of course, if you can get your shit running at a lock 60 FPS on PS4 and VR, it will always hit the target you needed to once you're scaling up to like much more powerful yeah. PC hardware. And yeah, a lot of people don't really consider that there's plenty of indies out there that like they're the ones that need support. Anyone doing VR, this is stuff where these are maybe selling yeah, there's thousands so, I mean, of copies. Certain people sure aren't even sure that that's still going to you know continue and go, and it's yeah. not going to die at some point. Like but, they are the only really heavy hitter in the industry that's going out there and saying, we Yeah, what VR games you VR. play on Xbox, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got 
this half-ass Zelda VR thing on oh, your wait, Switch. Oh, wait, there are? Uh, VR? No, I was like, wait, there actually are? On the, the Labo thing, they have like the Labo oh, yeah, VR yeah. that runs Did like Did you have to hold to your head? Yeah. But, that, <laughs> but that's just more like of a Nintendo, Nintendo making weird stuff. This is Sony like really throwing their oh, yeah. weight behind virtual reality. And there's a, yeah, a whole bud, like burgeoning industry of developers where that's what they're doing. They've formed as VR studios and that's, they're trying to push that forward. And maybe that means that after party gets more of a marketing deal on Xbox, but that game's going to go everywhere. Like VR titles need a lot more of that love right now with where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is great news. I mean, Herman's probably a great pick because we've talked ad nauseum now about gorilla's relationship with Kojima productions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the reason why Kojima ended up going with Decima's engine was because when they went over to gorilla, Herman was again, he's a founder of that company. They basically were just like, here's the source code. Like if you, if you choose our engine, we're not going to just be like a support team, but like, we'll give you everything. Here's the engine. Like this is everything. And like, we're hoping that like, we know you guys are awesome. We're hoping that like the things that you figure out that we don't know yet about our engine, we can add that into our future products. Like it was such a collaborative effort. And I'm pretty, that's gotta be why Kojima was like so strongly going with Sony in the first place because of people like Herman that were, you know, the liaisons for that entire interaction. And then sure enough, now he's heading worldwide studios yep. where that's going to be his job going forward. And like outside of just guerrilla games. So I think this is awesome. I've seen tons of interviews with him. It's interesting that Shuhei is moving a bit more to the I guess, horizontally side. instead of vertically as far to the transition to from worldwide studios over to independent focus. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing. Kinda where makes sense. So if you think it definitely does. Yeah. It's something where, yeah, maybe, what little bit of resources they had to put into indies focused on VR at this end of the generation because they wanted to support the PlayStation VR, but going into PS five, that was a huge selling point for PlayStation four as well. At the beginning of that gen, it was so easy to work with Sony and get your game published on PlayStation four. That way at the beginning of the generation, you're going on their store and there's so many indie titles that are being like pushed to the front. They're like, Hey, we don't have like the biggest new triple a games out right now. Those are coming later. But, but hey, check out all these other games. Look at all these we, cool yeah. smaller games that yeah are maybe ten to twenty to thirty bucks I mean, a pop. Like, and that kind of has league, fallen you know? off a little bit. Yeah, I would say unless you had a PSVR. And I I think once you get right down to it, Sony got to this point where they have a consistent lineup of huge first party yes. and second party titles. And it's like those real those are the ones that are going out and selling for sixty bucks a pop and moving millions of copies. Yeah. Whereas then you look at the competition and you'll get Xbox and it's like, well shit, even the rest of this year, like can y'all name the next like big Xbox exclusive coming out? Nope. After halo infinite. I mean, which y'all also forgot about because we don't even really worried about that too much. I wouldn't be able to begin. I think bleeding edge is one. And that what exactly you've never even heard of it. (laughs) Is halo infinite coming out this year? Just make that up next year. It comes out with uh, Scorpio, but yeah, that's the thing is they don't, obviously they're going to push indies and other people's games because what else are you going to market right now? Kind of the, similar with Nintendo is like Nintendo, they don't really have to market their first party games because if you bought a Switch, you know you're going to buy the next Mario yeah. game. You know you're going to buy the next Zelda. Whenever we hear more about Metroid Prime 4, you're going to get You it. didn't have to tell me I was <laughs> going to buy Metroid Prime 4. That's why I bought so, a Switch. <laughs> yeah, the, and also they're a handheld console. Yeah. It, it makes more sense to really get behind the, again, the whole Nindies initiative that they've set up over there. I think it's just because of where we got in this generation, it, it made sense because if I have to pick screen time for telling you about Spider-Man PS4 and after party or like the next over sure. overcooked two, yeah. like there, there's a balance there that and then maybe they realize, Oh, we didn't quite strike the balance, but unless you have a PlayStation VR, in which case 
there is so much VR stuff coming out all the time. Like if you go to that subreddit, like they are always hyping up like the next big indie VR game that's coming. So it's still cool that they acknowledged it, but yeah, that quote in particular, it, I hadn't even really thought about it because I haven't nice. been using my VR quite as much. It's always nice to have transparency and yeah. to get a clear view into what the company that we like and we use every day is doing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Speaking of a lack of transparency, Tokyo launch event for Pokemon Sword and Shield has been canceled. This is from Liz Lanyer over at IGN.com. An event planned to celebrate the launch of Pokemon Sword and Shield has been canceled, according to a press release from the Pokemon Company, as spotted by Eurogamer. The launch event was originally set for November 15th in the Ikebukuro district of Tokyo and was canceled for operational reasons, which were not detailed in the release. For Pokemon fans stateside, there is still a midnight launch event planned for New York City. Mm-hmm. Longtime players of the Pokemon games have been outspoken recently with their criticism of the upcoming installments of the franchise, mainly the culling of Pokemon that will be available in the games. Sure. The outcry was strong enough that Junichi <laughs> Masuda, producer, made a statement assuring that even if a Pokemon is not in Pokemon Sword and Shield, it does not mean it will not appear in future games. Earlier this year in Japan, Square Enix also canceled several tournaments after death threats were made against its staff. Don't send death threats to people. Yeah, don't send death threats to people. That's not cool. We were kind of talking about this last week where maybe people here or in Europe don't necessarily feel as strongly about some of this stuff. But when it comes to like the Pokemon, the list being low and again, favorites in Japan that were like where people were voting. We know this one's Staples like the, the favorite in the country and they were like, nope, you, that one's and not in the game. I can understand like maybe your first Pokemon was like black and white two or some of the later iterations. Like you never played the first four or whatever. Yeah. And you know, you, you have know, no idea who the one original right. one fifty are. but you only got to play with like your favorite Pokemon from those later on games for like one game. And you really wanted him to be in this new one. I could see how that would be more disappointing than having played with the same Pokemon for six years, six iterations, and mm. then not having it. I can move on from that. I've played with that one enough. But for some that maybe got only one game to play Dude, with their I mean, favorite. You've got these super fans where they're just like, we've been taking our Pokemon literally yeah. from the Game they Boy the Color versions. From yeah. ringing yeah, them game to game to game to game. Each yeah. generation going out and buying whatever rinky-dink cable you need to yeah. like transfer from a Game Boy Color to an Advance of blah, blah, blah. I hit on this last week, but it's, a, it's an issue with mixed messaging. Where we've got Pokemon Home launching pretty soon, the next couple months. And the whole idea of Pokemon Home is that it's a replacement for Pokemon Bank. And the idea was that you are going to be able to bring all your Pokemon over into this new app or whatever. And that's kind of like the hub. So you never have to do all these transfers again. Pokemon Everything going cloud. forward, essentially. <laughs> yeah. But so that like the next poke when the Sword and Shield 2 come out or whatever, the ne- Axe and Bow, like whatever fucking future Pokemon games come, they'll already have a feature Gun where they tank. connect to home <laughs> and then you can pull your Pokemon from home that maybe you had in sword and shield or transfer your Pokemon from black and white game over whatever. And now they're saying, Oh, well there's a shitload of Pokemon that are going to be in home that we won't let you bring over because like the files just don't exist in our game. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this on the car right up. Part of me is wondering like, is this going to be, is this another one of those things where they're like, are we going to cares now? Because like, we'll just, the next game will come out and that'll be our big feature. Oh, all those po- brought over the whole national decks or whatever. And now it's, it's just another selling point where it's like, this is how it should have been the first time but you did your big home console release. I feel like if they put so much effort into like, Oh, we gave you every single Pokemon, every single region version available, sex, 
male and female sorry not like pokemon <laughs> sex uh the daycare the you know the poke brothels <laughs> the, you caught you asked for them we got them you know, literally every mechanic from every pokemon game is in this new this next new one i mean the story the characters everything is going to suffer because of that and i mean that may not be true or that may be a very small opinion that i just have but i feel like if they're going to put so much effort into pleasing the fan service Stuff is going to fall to the wayside. Sure. And I, again, I mean, that always gets into the whole idea of like, do the fans always know what's best for the fans? And yeah, if you're, you don't want the art to suffer because you're going online and you're thinking, oh, yeah. well, so-and-so said Westworld should end this way. Let's, re- <laughs> let's rewrite our finale yeah. to account for you this know, guy. And then what happened in Westworld season two, they actually rewrote the plans of the show because people had already started guessing where it was going. So season two was <laughs> different than they planned really? because too many people guessed the ending of season one wow. while it was airing. Yeah. Like and think- then Westworld two kind of came out as a bit more convoluted and everyone's kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't as good as season one. Yeah. Think about it. you. You make a really popular YouTube video, but then you, you go down and read every single comment and write and a you list cater to all yeah, the negative. You write people. a list of every single yeah. thing that every single person wants. You're never going to have time to make a new YouTube video mm-hmm. or it's not going to have the soul and the heart that the first one had that got you all those likes and comments in the first place. Yeah. I think it's just, we're at such an interesting point in the industry, especially for all these companies that are coming out of Japan and everything where Japan is really not the biggest market anymore. It's your home market, but this is why Sony has been globalizing. This is why yep. Sony moved their headquarters yep. to California. I was just about to say that. Yeah. When you talk about PlayStation again, the people buying the most PlayStation fours are in Europe and they're in America. It's still not the best. I don't think it's outsold how many PS3s were selling at the time. And Switch is way outselling PS4 in Japan just because they really like portables. And their their, their internet's a yeah. different for you. Yeah. But then the, conversely, better for Nintendo, <laughs> if you're buying, if a lot of people are buying this hardware and stuff and your Pokemon's your marquee title and they're canceling events because like they know they have such a pissed off fan base that like that event's not going to be fun anymore because this is a, a, again, a rabid fan base. Yeah. Cause you have more protests than fans. Yeah. There. It's interesting that like they would move this event. And I think it, I think it's something that'll blow over, but I'm still, it's just weird. The kinds of stories we're getting out of this game and the stuff that's being pulled. And also Pokemon events are fucking huge. Yeah. Like yeah. they have world tours for Pokemon go. Now mm-hmm. millions of people show up. Pokemon is the single biggest media franchise in the country from in the all world. over the world. They yeah. come. So for them to cancel an event like this, it's bigger than star Wars, it's bigger than Harry Potter. It's bigger than hello kitty, which is like number three. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is, this is a big deal. Hello Kitty's big, Drew. Hello <laughs> Kitty's real big. Yeah. It's, this is a bit, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if that New York event still goes. That'll probably be fine. Yeah. Because again, in, because in America, Americans it's just lazy, not quite, yeah. no, it's not that we're lazy. I think it's just that the, the fandom is yeah. not quite as strong. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, in, in Western Twitter, like they were the ones that started this, like, thank you game freak hashtag a couple yeah, days ago that were like, oh, you know, forget about the people that are mad. Like. <laughs> We're thankful for all the stuff. We're just did, excited right? the game's Mo- coming. Yeah. yeah, we love the games yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Just real quick, for reference, I did pull up the 25 highest grossing media franchises of all time. Oh, not somebody, read all 25 didn't somebody move into the third place spot recently over yes, something else? It was because Hello Kitty moved up. Pokemon is the number one at $92.121 billion. Jesus, uh, fuck. But it's been around since like 95. Wow. Yeah. Number two was Hello Kitty at 80 billion dollars god i can't remember what the third one was it's winnie the pooh wow. is number three it's 75 well i bet you that's also moving up too because of the hong kong stuff and people are buying more stuff <laughs> nice mickey mouse is at 70.5 billion 
and then Star Wars at 65.6 billion, followed by Ant Pen Men. What Who? the fuck is that? What did that? you just say? It's a manga that started in 1973. What? Ape? What did you say? Ant Pen Men? Ant Pen Men. You've never heard of Ant Pen Man? I guess I'd have to see it written out. I'm a mega fan of Ant Pen Man, <laughs> sir. It is it is that is that I guess that comic still going on or manga? Is that the one where she turns into a I can't dude believe you and, don't already know the answer to that question. Yes. It's the sixth biggest yeah. media franchise on the as planet. As soon as I said it, I, I can't believe it. you uncultured swine have never heard of Ant Pen Man. Is that the, is that the No. Next up from developer IO Interactive, they're saying the next Hitman game is well underway. Hitman developer IO Interactive has announced that Hitman 2's November update on November 19th will be the final major patch as it turns its sights towards the next game in the series. Quote, after 13 months of full-time support and content for Hitman 2, at no additional cost besides what we added through the expansion pass, we're now at a place where we are looking increasingly to the future. The post continues by saying that more and more of the team working on Hitman 2 is moving on to develop its sequel, which it says is already well underway. While not yet officially called Hitman 3, IO said in an interview with Noclip earlier this year that Hitman is a trilogy and the work on a third game had already begun. Hitman 2 has also been winding down in recent months, getting its last new map, Haven Island, in September of this year, while December will bring the remaining new content drops for the game. And though it may be reaching the end of its content updates, the roadmap explains that November will still have more live content in a single month than any other before it. That content includes 10 featured contracts, 8 escalation contracts, 6 challenge packs, 5 item unlocks, 2 suit unlocks, and a legacy elusive target. Hitman 2 won't be an entirely silent assassin in 2020 either, as more featured contracts and community-curated contracts will be added alongside the return of previous elusive targets. As for how close exactly Hitman 3 is, it's hard to say. To speculate, Hitman came out in March of 2016, while Hitman 2 arrived in November of 2018. If you were to assume a similar two-and-a-half-year gap, you'd be looking at a release in early 2021, but it could be IO will need more time or potentially want to speed things up to align with PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet's arrivals at the end of 2020. So I think early 2021 kind of makes sense. Yeah, it'll probably be a next-gen game. I don't think there's going to be this mad dash to try to get stuff out at launch because, again, of the whole cross-gen yeah. situation that we're going to be seeing. People are going to have games to play. And I think, uh, especially in this live service in like spot that we're in now, I think a lot of people like Ubisoft are starting to see that maybe these need a little more time in the oven, especially if you're, you're trying to follow up Hitman 2, because that was already one that was kind of weird where like if you got Hitman 2, they did an Overwatch thing where if you had Hitman 1 already, you could import all of the old levels of as like a legacy pack to so Hitman 2. All of Hitman 1's content is in Hitman 2's engine. Okay. So you have all that if you had bought it previously, huh. which I think is something you have to do because again, we saw that with the whole uh Ghost Recon Wildlands thing yeah. and Breakpoint where Breakpoint comes out. Now you have nothing you got in Wildlands, mm-hmm. none of the patches and quality of life stuff yeah. that was in there, but you want me to buy this new game. Hitman kind of handled it really well. It seems but, like a good move. They're, you know, they're slowly just kind of transitioning into three and focusing less on two. I mean, so you yeah. think, yeah, you'll think like if you get Hitman three, like you'll still be able to access all your stuff from one and two. I hope so. I yeah. really hope that that's the way they keep doing this and sort of just build it as a platform. More homing suitcases. Oh God. It's these games are so good and they're so funny. And this is something too, where, I love seeing news like this because at when Hitman 2 came out, it, there was a big worry about whether IO was going to be able to even make more Hitman games because they were owned by Square Enix up until recently. Oh. Where now they are independent again. Okay. They would be able to basically do what they want. Buy out yeah. the contract or how that kind of shit works, but they're independent now. And 
Hitman 2 didn't sell super well. I think partly because didn't, didn't it whenever it came out too, was it kind of broken? Hitman 2 wasn't broken. I think it just came out and people were kind of worried. They they had sort of a weird way of releasing it. And I think a lot of that was Square Enix and the way that they were trying to monetize the game. Yeah. And because so many people were kind of wary of Hitman 2, because when Hitman 1 came out, that was the one that was all episodic where they, they release yeah, yeah. each level as like an episode yeah. and slowly put it out over a year, yeah. but asking for 60 bucks at the beginning, like a oversized season pass, essentially. Yeah. But then Hitman 2, they came out and they released the whole thing all at one time. Okay. But I, I think there was just too much like community confusion and just kind of like a bad taste left in their mouths over the way that Hitman 1 was monetized. And then 2 is another one that has like an infamously bad deluxe edition and a season pass and a special edition. And you think that was all square Enix is doing? Yeah. Like what do I buy that gets all of the content? Do I even need some of this stuff? Like, is it just items or is it like a whole story mission? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think square Enix is involved with a lot of that because deus ex mankind divided kind of had a similar thing where they had a really weird microtransactions for their, it was almost like VR missions for metal gear solid. I don't know. I won't get into all that, (laughs) but yeah, it's clear that square doesn't really know how to handle some of these expansion passes and everything like that for games that aren't like under their wing because mm-hmm. they you know these other non-japanese studios they seem to do like the weirder stuff with like again deus ex mankind divided the the tomb raider games they all had weird season passes with held back dungeons and everything oh really so oh. i'm glad that they're free of all that and yep. i really like io interactive as a developer and i think the hitman series where it is right now is really good and yeah people Love that game. Yeah. You know, the community is really active. Yeah. It's very fun. I think it was a no brainer that they would be able to do Hitman three now that they're off on their own, Mm -hmm. but it's good to hear some confirmation and just to know that, you know, things are winding down for Hitman two. And that if you've been waiting for all that content to come out, well then now's a good time to pick that one up on sale by Hitman two. It's a great game. You'll love it. Next up. Google Stadia will launch with 12 games. Precisely. That's quite a light (laughs) launch lineup. To be perfectly honest, especially the way they've been again been this thing out. But with with every new post about Google Stadia, it's like, <sighs> hey, remember all those launch games we said were happening? Guess well, what? Well, <laughs> what we meant was some of them are launch window and a lot of them are not launch day. Google's game streaming platform Stadia will launch on November 19th. Guys, are you buying Stadia? No. Are your founders packs on the mail? Nope. Maybe you'd arrive sometime after you bought it because you might not get it day one. And early adopters will get access to 12 games that they have to purchase on launch day. Ugh. Stadia's launch lineup will include one platform exclusive, Surreal Fantasy Adventure Guilt from Tequila Works, who also made Rhyme, I think, which is a game that was in such development hell that was originally supposed to be Sony exclusive and published by them. And they were like, get rid of it. Have someone else publish it. We don't want to deal with you, Tequila <laughs> Works. They're a weird studio. We'll see how Guilt turns out. And the recently released Windows PC version of Red Dead Redemption 2, which... It'd be really funny to see if it crashes as much on Stadia as it does on PC right now. Oh, I bet it will. Yeah. But the launch games for Stadia consist mainly of older PC titles, including Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny 2, and three Tomb Raider titles. Yeah, what's up with that? Here's the day one Stadia game lineup from Google. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny 2 The Collection, Guilt, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Samurai Showdown, Shadow of the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Thumper, and Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Google also confirmed 14 additional titles coming to Stadia by the end of 2019. Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle, Borderlands 3, which why is that not out day one? Yeah, right. Darksiders Genesis, 
Dragon Attack Ball Xenoverse 2, 2 Final Battles also already yeah, it's out. Like, like it it's doesn't a, like definitive version of dying. a game that's already yeah. two years old. Uh, same with Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 that's been out for quite oh a while. Oh my god. That's not, not making day not one. Fighters. Xenoverse, Xenoverse 2. Xenoverse 2. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Farming Simulator 19, Final Fantasy 15, That'll run. Football Manager 2020, <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint, love Breakpoint, yeah, Grid, yeah. Metro Exodus, NBA 2K20, Rage 2, Trials Rising, and Wolfenstein Youngblood. Are they seriously just closing their eyes and throwing darts? I didn't even realize Metro Exodus was coming to Stadia because it's kind of antithetical to their whole push where the whole thing is like, oh, it's streaming platforms that like, I guess they only are competing with console games really, but like Stadia doesn't have any ray tracing support, which is interesting because a year from now we're getting consoles that have ray tracing and then the PC version of Metro Exodus has the whole uh, ray trace lighting engine that looks Mm. so good on PC with supporting hardware. Yeah. So that's already a game where it's like, it doesn't matter how good it looks on Stadia. It's never going to be, be like what the next it's generation not future proof at all yeah. from what we know. And then, yeah, Wolfenstein Youngblood, but not Wolfenstein 2 right. is odd. Yeah, guys, how are you feeling about the launch lineup? Disappointing, man. Are you are you regretting not, not purchasing, great. not no, getting in on not it? Not at all. No, I am super happy with me not giving them any money. Yeah, it's it's weird. 12 games. That's your whole storefront. 12 games. Yeah, at launch. That's not good. For make any seemingly sense. the rest of the year. No, because that, that's the thing. is these, This other list of another 14 games are coming by the end of 2019. So at the end of 2019, so we'll have that a total mean? of 26 games. Is that the 31st of December? Is that December by that point, 1st? Unless like, something gets delayed. That is not like that's not even insight into when like that. Just by the end of the year, by the end of the quarter. Bullshit. <laughs> Shut up and quit asking so many questions by my $130 founders. Edition. I say bullshit you on punk. that re- on that second release date. And that's just something to call them the masses. No, these all make 12. Because if you're looking at this list, none of these are games that aren't out yet. I think yeah, except for I know Dark that's Genesis. the fucking problem. Yeah, but no, that's my whole point again. Also, is that. Oh, I know. Why aren't they fucking out then? My like, thought is maybe it, it could be and, to, to play devil's advocate. Sure. It could be back in SDK stuff because all these games have to be. Compiled a similar to like if you were to want to public like sure. if this game was coming out now on PS4, they have to go through cert, they have to do all these things. There's technology that they're implementing into these games to make sure they work sure. well when streaming. And I get that, but literally they have a month to keep that promise. Like the twelve, what the fifteenth? What is it? So when is this launch? Sorry, it launches on the nineteenth. The nineteenth. They're, they're saying within a month and a half, basically a full twenty six games will be out, which is possible. I don't see it not happening. I I think with this a month this and point, a half would be twenty twenty. No, the, end, the the last sorry, the last week of November and then the all of December. Okay, so you're right. It's like a month and a quarter. Yeah, they, like literally. Yeah, say. it's. I mean, they're, they're this is literally a, a ticking clock before yeah. their promise is just or on an empty promise. Is sure, what I'm saying. and that, that's sorry. Well, I'm from being, devil's advocate, I'm, I'm saying being too critical. I don't think if they <laughs> if they know the windows that small, then I don't think they would have said through the end of 2019. Instead of because this could be just like, hey, we, we're putting up like four more games every week leading up to the end of 2019. Again, I, I think the big thing is that they're the one launch exclusive they have guilt is hitting launch. Sure. That's important because that's the one that this is exclusive to that platform. If you if you're really wanting to play guilt, then and you chucked out for uh, Stadia, you're getting something that it's the exclusive. You won't be able to play it anywhere yeah, else anyway. I get that. And the other games are again, we, we're joking, but there's stuff where like, yeah, Borderlands three, like if you really were itching to play that, yeah. you aren't waiting for the Stadia version. You've got it on a platform already. Xenoverse two, it's two years old. Farming Simulator nineteen. You yeah, bought those the, are those games. You bought these games. Those games communities have been slowly in decline for some of them. Like it, yeah, it's kind of just 
Especially in like Xenoverse. So if anything, maybe these were the ones where as far as like on their back end, they're like, let's focus on making sure these are set in stone. And then the other ones, if we have to delay something, if we can't, if we don't want to overload servers or whatever the reasoning is. I guess Just Dance is pretty popular. It is pretty popular. It is very, very popular. We got to make sure Just Dance is working because that's going to be really important with the latency and stuff. But uh, and that's just me playing devil's advocate again. It does kind of suck. It's a small launch lineup. You can't. Large, I'm not going to argue anyway. This really is quick. yeah. You've got a host of games okay, that have been homie. on other platforms for months to years. It, yeah, like you said, Attack on Titan two it's with been one out exclusive. for two years. You yeah, know. it's a little disappointing. But at the same time, Stadia. I'm not a Stadia customer. Yeah, if I was a Stadia customer, I'd be used to this kind of news already. <laughs> this is an early access system that they're pitching as a founder's edition. Yep, and. There's still nothing here that's convinced me otherwise. Honestly, from the again, this is me talking as the nerdy guy in the group. I'm kind of excited for this to just come out so I can start seeing so some digital foundry videos yeah. on yeah, it. Yeah, I would just to yeah. get like fucking battle nonsense on YouTube doing the hard tests of like what the latency really Pushing is. Pushing like it, yeah. Cutting through the marketing bullshit and the playtesting. What it can actually do. Yeah, like perfect you, scenario, yeah. showroom four tests. Also worst case like, scenario. Yeah, here yeah. I am and yeah, it's... Oh, today Borderlands Three just came out. Is the latency better than it is on yeah. consoles? Can is I there... play fucking Thumper on a subway? Yeah, you know, like, like it, whatever. I, I'm ready to start seeing that stuff and and really figure out. Sure, is this real or is this an Ouya situation? You know, because like, <laughs> the more I keep thinking, ooh, this is like a half step above that fucking Ouya back. Then. Do you even remember that, Ethan? Ouya was it a was Kickstarter. The, uh, it was a Kickstarter console. Android home console that was like a little cube. And the whole thing, it was like supposed to be like a hundred bucks. Was and that the, Soldier Boys? No, this is way before <laughs> Soldier Boy. The pitch was just that it was going to be an open console and open platform and anyone could publish their games there. And oh, yeah. No, the, the three big guys will really be okay with that. Yeah. They were like, oh, Ubisoft's got a game coming to this thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it just, it came out and it was just broken and featureless and it was like garbage on the store, just like yeah. the Android Play Store that's is now. Uh, that's because Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft had people go and fucking smash their shit up. No, just kidding. Yeah, if you want to watch some funny videos, go look up some of the old stuff for when the Ouya came out. Next up, Jeff Kaplan over at Blizzard says that Overwatch and Overwatch 2 clients will merge eventually. We were talking about this last week. Ethan, you were the first one to Finally. say, like, what happens down the line? Do you have both games installed? Or, like, is it one or the other? Whatever. They're kind of doing it's some nice clarification here. Overwatch 2 and Overwatch will eventually merge into one singular experience, according to game director Jeff Kaplan. Speaking to Kotaku, Blizzard's Jeff Kaplan admitted that there will be a point where the clients for the two games merge. Overwatch 2 has allowed the team to implement new ideas and improvements that weren't possible in the original game, but eventually the entire community will have access to the same experience. Quote, we think this is important, especially as a competitive experience. The whole idea is to avoid fragmenting the player base and giving anybody a competitive advantage. One sec. Sorry. Yeah, because what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to have tournaments for Overwatch and Overwatch 2. Yeah. You well, do currently the, the there's same no content time. in one that's like, on the other. Right. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like At one point, people are going to like one and other people are going to like the other. You have to please both those groups of the community. So, yeah, we're going to have two different tournaments for essentially the same game. If we're playing in the same competitive pool, you'd better not have a better frame rate just because you're on a different version of the engine. That may be cold comfort to Overwatch players who would prefer not to pay for what Blizzard is calling a sequel, but some regard it as an expansion pack. According to Kaplan, development of Overwatch 2 is 100% the reason why support for the original game had dropped off recently. Quote, I think Overwatch 2 is kind of going to be the greatest moment in Overwatch history. The fact that we can pick up again with that live service cadence where we're 100% is really exciting to me. 
it just feels like they're trying to have their cake and, and eat, eat it too. too. Like it, it's, I know I probably say that a lot. But. Uh, I mean, the more I think about it, it's kind of like the software side solution to where we are going with like cross gen for PS4 and I mean, PS5. I get it from a business point of view. It, it's, you don't no, want to, it really does typically or really kind of benefit the consumer. Essentially what they're saying is, Hey, I think they've done a bad job of saying what is underneath it all being is important. For Overwatch 2. No, not not transparency. Well, they've for come one out, thing, there are huge lists. Like if you're it's not their strong suit, they've come out and talk. Well, that's not true for Jeff Kaplan and the Overwatch team. They're he, incredibly transparent. Yeah. I uh, mean, anytime they release like they've uh, got way more, way more information okay, on like their subreddit. I personally and, don't like Jeff Kaplan, but that's my own thing. So, I, I mean, you yeah. don't have to like the guy, but I mean, like their community managers and stuff over on Reddit and everything like they're always out there. They're yeah. answering questions. And I, I think that's the difference between when. Again, we're not the super fans, so we yep. didn't go out looking for that extra Overwatch information is, on I've here. I've never purchased Overwatch. I've only ever played a free trial weekend. I have very little involvement. With yeah, Overwatch. but I I think that they, up until what I'm reading from just this just now, hadn't really explained that Overwatch 2 is going to have some engine changes that day one, it's probably going to be parity with Overwatch 1. But as it goes on, performance is going to improve. This is the engine that will be what comes out on PS5 and Xbox yeah. Scarlet. This will be the one that maybe six months from now, oh, here's our first ray tracing update. We have ray tracing support for Overwatch 2 or whatever on the PC side or consoles because, again, that's coming there, too. Mm -hmm. That's the under the hood stuff, I think, that he's saying where eventually it won't be fair if we're keeping it so that Overwatch 1 people didn't get this stability update or, hey, we discovered a way to render something cheaper. The and new now, models for the characters. Yeah, now the your base frame rate is 10 FPS higher on overwatch two than the same map on overwatch one so which may not make a difference in like the short term but in a competitive when you're talking competitive yes, yes that exactly. matters, Every That's matters a huge in a competitive difference. match yes. yes and uh i mean down the line too if it turns out because everyone's wanting their name in the lights with esports and shit if their new competitive pve vp mode or whatever becomes big well then i mean overwatch one's never getting that mode so exactly. eventually you're going to have to move to two if that takes yes. off maybe it doesn't though maybe, maybe Maybe everyone really just prefers their old, you know, follow the cart to the point or whatever. <laughs> yeah. the, the Deliver the package to is. the destination. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and yeah, like we said before, it made sense. Of course, they're not going to forever support Overwatch 1, 2, and then 3 as well when that comes out. It also speaks to how weird the whole announcement was in the first place. Like, I don't know. Like, but that's where it does make it easier where, hey, to coerce you into picking up Overwatch 2 at some point. Here's a full game's worth of new modes and maps and heroes and shit. Eventually, maybe you'll consider giving us another $40 because again, from the monetary, from the customer side of what you're spending on this game, it's really not as greedy or anything as it sounds. Like I said, as an Overwatch it's not player, a $60 game, I paid yeah. $40 to have that game on PC, played it a shit ton, at least a few hundred hours, yeah. which is more than again, most single player campaigns I've buy for 60 bucks all the time. And never didn't buy a loot box. They didn't say, hey, this hero's $5. None of that shit. It's not Dota. It's not League. It's not any of that crap. If they come out in Overwatch 2, I, I do like the look of that mode or the new skins that the characters come with and they ask for 40 bucks. I mean, that's not an unreasonable yeah. thing to say after four or five years. Sure. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that we'll, we'll just like with the first one, we'll have a free weekend or something. I'll probably test it out for myself. And yeah, uh, you know, I'm who knows? This may be my new apex. Yeah, I, I, I doubt honestly, it. I don't know that I'll ever get right Overwatch back into Battle Overwatch. Royale. 
yeah, it, it'd be surprising to me a lot if I decide I, I just love that. that PVE mode or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Overwatch 2 Battle Royale coming at you. Yep. Drew confirmed it here. You heard it here first. First, I'd play that. First on Absent Mind. That's a huge roster to choose from. Next up, <laughs> Naughty Dog hiring for possible upcoming multiplayer project? Question mark? They indeed are. Naughty Dog is currently hiring for an upcoming multiplayer project. According to a job listing tweeted out by lead game designer Vinit Agarwal via VG247. The two job listings are for an online systems programmer and a multiplayer gameplay programmer. The multiplayer gameplay programmer listing describes responsibilities such as collaborating with art and design teams to create new gameplay features, plus programming tasks like scripting and networking. The job description emphasizes a love for multiplayer games that are fun but competitive. The online systems programmer is a little more nitty gritty, focusing on architecting those new online features, scaling the game service to a larger player base and various aspects of an online service, such as matchmaking, player data storage and security, as well as virtual store transactions. So that's the gist of that. Two new positions coming up there. Clearly, they're kind of ramping up the multiplayer development of whatever they said they were working on. Hopefully this when is they said uh, factions wasn't going to be in The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. That makes sense since they're winding down on The Last of Us Part 2 proper right now. Mm-hmm. Just more news that, you know, that's still something they're focusing on. They wouldn't be making those hirings if they decided it wasn't going the way they wanted it to. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Like, I hope this is like a separate factions warfare mode for Last of Us 2. Because I, I really did enjoy the... Separate is mo- in a mode in the game or like separate is in like, like a, a separate, separate product. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think I'm uh-huh. thinking too still. Yeah. Yeah, because I enjoyed the multiplayer a lot in the first Last of Us. I really wish I had played it more. I just, I don't know what, I think it's because Call of Duty, that's what I blame. I think everybody wanted to play Modern Warfare and shit back then when that was coming around. And yeah, I, just don't I think that would have been around Modern Warfare 3 time. Yeah. And plus, that was such a tail end of the PS3 generation, too. And then I've told you a bunch of times, I never even beat Last of Us for the first time until I played the remastered really? just a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, always get, I would get like about 10 hours in the game or so and get to a point where I'd be stuck. And I, I just every once in a while I'd start it over How and do it again. How dare you? No, I've told you this before. <laughs> yeah, you should still play The Last of Us, regardless of my to. own personal. Also, mistakes. that's another day pushback. You don't have a day in mind, so we don't know what day you're pushing. Yeah, back. I do. What's the day? I, it's been pushed back. That now I have to change it. But you've you've pushed back like what four or five times? Yeah. I've, I had it circled, and I just didn't tell you guys the date. You had it circled <laughs> on a calendar somewhere. <laughs> but now I because of your you. insolence. I've had to push it back. You should be putting check marks on each day after. I really want to play this track. game. I'm really upset that you guys keep making me push it back. That's fine. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, it's only like five days actually. I'll keep talking about it. We're not allowed to talk about the Last of Us at all. You're literally not allowed to say "play the Last of Us." Every time I hear that sentence, it's like a. What if like I a, say it, but not in reference to you? Like I'm saying, oh, I can't wait to play, play the, the Last, Last of, of Us Part Two. two. That's yeah. another day. That's another you day. You both said it's it two days. No, you're being you're being too bitchy. I think that's what that is. Such a batch. Boys, we have one final story today, and it's about VR. If this article on PC Gamer would load the fuck up on Ethan's janky ass laptop. Yeah, my laptop's been like crapping out on me lately. It's been like slowly and slowly doing weirder and worse things. Because it knows you're trying to replace it with Caitlin. I haven't even thought about replacing it. It senses your fear and anger. (laughs) Next up, John Carmack says he's not satisfied with the pace of progress in virtual reality development. Oculus VR CTO John Carmack. Do you all know who John Carmack is by name when I say him? No. No? One of the co-founders of id Software back in the 80s and 90s. He was on Rogan's podcast. Yes, he was. That's an incredibly good podcast, by the way. That's a very, very good episode. 
because I, I can listen to John Carmack talk for fucking hours. He is a like a bona fide genius when it comes to just programming and game development and game design, and everything in general. But edit software, he co-founded that. So he was behind Wolfenstein, the original Doom series, mm-hmm. Quake, sure, like the modern first person shooter as we know yeah. it. He's known as the father of first person shooters. <laughs> so when this guy talks, it's worth listening. John Carmack was given a lifetime achievement award today at the third annual VR awards, recognizing not just his contributions to VR and his years at Oculus, but also as an illustrious career, which has spanned over several decades. Quote, John has been an inspiration to us all in the virtual reality industry. We are proud to recognize the work he has done and the immense impact he is continuing to make. AIXR chief executive Daniel Colaini said, as the hardware and technology continues to evolve, John will no doubt be leading at the forefront of innovation for virtual reality. The Accenture VR Lifetime Achievement Award is the first to be handed out by the VR industry, which is still very much in a nascent state. Carmack alluded to that in his acceptance speech video, saying that his initial reaction to learning about the award was to think that it might be premature. Quote, I'm often kind of grumpy around the office because I really haven't been satisfied with the pace of progress that we've been making. When I'm in VR, I see the magic there, but my brain is always throwing up these giant to-do post-it notes on top of everything, reminding me of all the work that's yet to be done. So it's going to be a little while before I really feel good about reminiscing about my achievements. He nodded to his business with Paleo VR in the 1990s, but said that he considers the modern era of virtual reality to have begun with Palmer Lucky's Oculus Rift prototype, which he helped show off at E3. But while the technology has advanced since then, Carmack acknowledged that VR itself remains very niche. Quote, all that technology really doesn't mean much until it's brought in service of user value. So more than anything, I hope that I've been helpful in bringing this new canvas for people to work on and that the work that those people do will be paving the way in the future. John Carmack's not happy with VR support in progress, which makes sense because, yeah, he moved over to Oculus Rift and had like some big ideas over there. And then it just I don't know, like it it's, is very niche. It's still, yeah, it's just not it's just not as popular as like other forms of gaming or anything. You should so, call it like, PlayStation. I mean, Betty has. Imagine what he could do over there, you know, like. Well, he doesn't. I think part of that is the reason he went with Oculus in general and has been working on the PC VR open side. platform. I get it. It's no Oculus is the closed one. That's the one that Facebook bought. Yeah. Oculus Rift is not open. Not open like you, like the actual term for meaning open. I mean, like it's not, I guess. It's unbound by hardware restrictions, I would say. Because I, well, it's on the PC. Not, I didn't know that. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> but, saying yeah, it's, it's, it's not on a, a PC console. side. Yeah, yeah. Think, that's what I did mean. It's yeah. not trying to force something to work on a smaller yes. box. It's he like, has oh, a little more. We're building to yeah. scale and hope like as the future progresses, performance will yes. improve and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest cha- challenge with VR right now, though, is just that like it requires such a different way of thinking and a different way to design your games. Yeah. And like, it's just something where you can't, you're not going to brute force it with hardware. You have to challenge your perception of how you're creating these things. But think about what, like what the user is going to try to do with your VR game. Cause essentially they're in the game. They're going to try to do normal things that they can do outside of the game in the game because it's, it's them. Yeah. That's what, what feels I mean? natural. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, precisely. And uh, I think part of it too, is just that like, I don't think there's enough people like John Carmack in that industry right now. Cause like when you think about what happened when like the games industry first occurred, obviously overnight we didn't go from Pong to the last of no, us, but we like had, there was a long generation of people that was like a small industry. Yes. People were like not even convinced it's going to live for very long. But they were devoted and, and over they time, were like over minded, time and over yeah. time. Yeah. You start coming up with new ideas and making things that are more fun 
and more expansive and stuff. And, and others learn from that and they, you know, make their own try things. it themselves yeah. and yeah. Then that leads to more people. And yeah, it started a trend and now we were at where we are today. Yeah. I, I still don't know what the bigger hurdle is, is if it is making games that are fun and interactive and virtual reality, or if it is just the idea equipment itself. I think it's more of the idea from the mass public view that VR is still kind of this fleeting futuristic thing that, isn't there yet. Yeah, it could be personally. I'm still at the point where it's like, man, I want something wireless. Like if the next PlayStation VR comes out and it's finally wireless, like the same way, like the, the mm-hmm. newest uh, o- Oculus rift. No, it's not the, well, the quest, quest is, excuse me, quest is wireless, but it's all in one thing. Yeah. I think they also have, you want controllers still, right? For the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. even those are wireless already, yes. but yeah, yeah. I mean, not having like the big bulky mm-hmm. cable coming out of your headset or whatever. Yeah. But I know with the, um, like the matrix, you don't want that. The HTC Vive, the, yes, that the one. Pro yeah, yeah, model, yeah. they're the the their big update and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Their big update was that they have the wireless transmitter for it now, so it has a docking station that transmits the video wirelessly. So it's had it's free from Fuck, your. That's cool. Yeah, it's free from cables and stuff. Yeah. Just but you still need like a high powered PC and everything. Right, right. But that's also another one where when they added that. That took what was already an expensive value proposition. It made it even more even expensive. pricier. Now, yeah. yeah, you were looking at an entry for the Vive before being around eight hundred dollars. Now you've bumped it up further to twelve hundred. Yeah, or the only people that can buy it already have a you know high end PC, and that still limits your market. In that yeah, way. exactly. Yeah, it's only twelve hundred. If you have the high end PC, then yeah. you still want something that's going to be able to drive this forward. So, which it doesn't have to be. The most expensive thing in the sure, world, but most some probably people, around eight hundred. I could say you'd build like a decent VR rig, but yeah, some people at that point just won't bother. Even then, it's your your quotes only eight hundred, which means only two thousand dollars to get what would be a a good mid range VR experience yeah. without yeah. wires and all that. And then on top of that, too, I from what I understand, it's still you know weight and bulk is still an issue. Like you you get immersed for a time, but then eventually your body tells you, Hey, there's this thing that's been on your head. Well, yeah, I get that as well. Cause it, like a couple of weeks ago, I tried Trover again for the first time in a while. Yeah. And then, yeah, I played it for about an hour and I was just like, Ooh, you know, mm-hmm. just like, it, yeah, it just like hurts on the side of your head. And even like, it just hurts your eyes after a while, you know? Yeah. So uh, there's definitely still hurdles and I, I can see what he means where maybe it's just not progressing as fast as we were hoping. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what I mean. Smarter minds than me are working on this. Obviously, I, I don't know what the next big step is. I still think it's really important that yeah, like companies like Sony haven't given up on it yet. That they're you know carrying they're still VR forward you know, to PS5, and mm-hmm. like obviously that PSVR two is cooking. Maybe I don't know if they're going to wait until it's something where they have a wireless solution that they can still sell at that same four hundred dollar price point that yeah. the first PSVR launched at. Mm-hmm. Well, boys, I think that's it for episode twenty four of the Asset Minded Podcast. Twenty four, twenty four. <laughs> ben, that's 24 ben, ben, that is 24 mm-hmm. you are right you are correct sir my name is travis stockton oh, i didn't do intros earlier we yeah, uh as soon as we were arguing about, got, yeah, we arguing about <laughs> northern hemispheres and shit i've been your host travis stockton at ray charlizard with me across the table to my immediate right is the man that doesn't believe that hemispheres should be held back by number two, your, your Ethan Newbolt, your ancestral ways of, of thinking are outdated, sir. Cancel hemispheres, support quadrants at yep. Soulsbjorn. At Soulsbjorn, get it, get at him on Twitter. Tweet at me, tweet it out <laughs> at Soulsbjorn. At me, bro. And to my left is the luminous Andrew Crandall at luminous. Andrew Loves Video Games. That's new. You can find us both on Instagram, 
and that's it. And then you can find me and Ethan on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find all of us on Absent Minded Pod on all their favorite platforms or absentmindedpodcast.com if you want to catch all of our various episodes of the show. Don't forget to leave us those reviews on iTunes. We really, really do appreciate those. We do indeed. And tell everybody you know, uh, your neighbor, your dog walker, your sister's cousin, your Uber driver, which would still technically be your cousin, unless like it's a half sister and you don't like consider her real family, which is your prerogative. Not. I mean, it's, I'm not going to tell you how to look at your family tree. You know, like you, everybody's got a different philosophy on that stuff. Would I consider the cousin of a half sister family? No, I would never talk to that person <laughs> unless I ran into them on the street, but didn't know they were my cousin. Cause we'd probably never met. Cause it's just a half sister. I'm not meeting all our family. <laughs> But then that we we run across each other, interact naturally. We we fall in love. We we find out that we we want to spend the rest of our lives together. And but because really we have, pushing this out, yeah. Hey, poor, there's no blood there. A poor history of <laughs> of me introducing our parents to our loved ones. We, we don't let them meet for a long time until the wedding, and then that's when your half sister says, "Wait, that's my cousin." This got and weird. It's super awkward. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Tune in next week for the rest of that story. Bye, guys. (laughs) Jesus Christ. No blood there. No blood there.